0: It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going
4: to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, January 12th. This is episode 189. I am Dan Ellis, your bearded fat ginger host guy. And I'm Ryan Dirt, Ryan Doofy. I was <laughs> <laughs> kidding, I'm not <laughs> Ryan Doofy. No, <laughs> yeah, Matt's back in the studio. Yay! Yay, thanks for thinking of me to fill in for Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. I-, I appreciate you coming in. Yeah. Glad you were available.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always fun to. Do a show once in a while.
4: So Matt's back in studio tonight. Ryan is absent. He's out recording some video stuff. And so we have Grant in the studio again yeah, with us for, is this the fourth week in a row? Once
1: again, yeah, uh, third third or fourth. Wow. I don't know.
4: Super I mean, when, when
1: do I get my picture added to the, <laughs> the, the trio?
4: <laughs> well, then it would be a quad. It would be a quad. Sure. Sure. Thank you very much for coming in though, oh, man. Yeah, of course. I appreciate Happy it to. a whole lot. Happy to. Like, like having you here to chat with us about stuff tonight. We're going to be talking about GMOs. GMOs. <laughs> G- because M-O-sis. you didn't get
1: enough of that last week.
4: <laughs> GMOs. Yeah. I like talking about GMOs. I've prepared quite a bit of stuff that we can talk about. Um, we were going to have a guest on this evening, but that fell through when the guest and one of their children got very ill today. So we've rescheduled that guest for a future episode that will still be lots of fun. And this one will be awesome because we're going to be talking about GMOs. It's something that I'm very passionate about and very excited about. And I like to talk about a whole lot. Uh, so we'll be doing that. But in the meantime, what have you been doing for the last few weeks, Mr. Mister Mitchell? Oh, geez. Uh, a lot of things. A lot of things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we. My wife and I had a special needs baby and closed on a house that needed renovations within the same week or so. So I've been doing that. Don't ever fucking tile unless you do that for a job. (laughs) Just have somebody do it. I learned that
4: lesson. Lots. I I saw pictures of the tile you're putting down. It looks really nice. Thanks, man. It looks really, really good. It looks difficult because you didn't just go with square tiles set in... You know, straight rows, you decided to use elongated tiles put in a specific and design pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the a herringbone pattern. So, a lot yeah. more angles, a lot more cuts. Yeah. Not, I was, I not was a
0: beginner's tiling thing. Cutting and laying tile all day Christmas, which sounds, which I say because people go, oh, but it's nice for me because then no people. <laughs> <laughs> Just in an empty house doing tile. The tile part sucks, but.
4: Yeah. It's a lot of fucking work, but it looks really good. You're doing a bang up job, man. Oh, thanks, man. You look looks for nice. So is the new place close to where you were living before? It is right across the park. Oh, yeah. So yeah, it's really close. Right. And you purchased? Yeah. Woohoo. Yep. Home ownership. Yeah. Excitings. Hey. Yay. I what love, have, I love homework.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll be I good. love
4: having to repair shit all the time. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing, uh, Mr. Larimer? It's,
1: it's been, it's been a fairly mellow week. Uh, just kind of a lot of work. Um, went to uh, wrapped up a uh, registration on uh, re-registering my car at the DMV. I've, your I car or your daughter's car? Well, my daughter's car. <laughs> God forbid she do it.
4: <laughs> no, so there's, this, there's
1: a whole story behind that. But so but
4: was this for the Jeep or for the… No, no, it's for the Tahoe. Oh, okay. Um,
1: and, yeah, I've, we end up swapping cars. Yeah. So And after we swapped, I found out that the registration was three months overdue uh i i never it's registered in my name but i never got the reminder and the car isn't here and she never got it and he got a any kind of ticket or got pulled over or anything for it so we just we didn't know yeah uh-huh. until i got a parking ticket for it so and since i had the car here then yeah obviously i i need to take care of it. um <laughs> so you know safety and emissions and and all that bullshit and uh, wrap that up this weekend. I, I, I don't remember if I brought this up before. I apologize if I did. The DMV, I mean, it fucking rocks these days. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, the DMV is, is, has always been kind of the butt of jokes about you know government inefficiency and all that i remember i'm old enough i remember what it used to be like now it's It's, the va it's it's like (laughs) now it's a va but i mean the dmv is still kind of chastised but i mean it's fucking i walked in there to wrap up the registration after getting safety done i walked in there you know the guy who hands out the tickets Mm -hmm. My number was called before he put the ticket in this in my hand. Oh wow. I went in at 4 in the afternoon, which is is a no-no. You don't go in at 4 1 hour before closing cuz they've like piled up everyone, you know, waiting waiting to get through and you're going to be there, you know, forever. forever. Yeah. You get there first thing in the morning and beat the beat the rush. No, I I walked in at 4 p.m. for some stupid reason. The place was dead. I, my number was called before he puts a ticket in my hand. I go sit down in front of the lady. She scans a couple of things, hits a couple of buttons on her keyboard. I'm out in like three minutes, in and out of the DMV in three minutes with, with my sticker and, and all that. I mean, it was, I mean, they've, they've got it down. I, it's, I, I don't know why it's the butt of jokes anymore. It shouldn't be. Yeah. At least here in Utah. I mean, I, I don't know about other parts of the country, but.
4: Yeah. Well, I know, uh, Noah, Made a few posts a while ago. No illusions from scathing atheist talking about going to the DMV to I think just update his license because it was expiring, and he had a lot of problems there because they won't they didn't take credit cards or debit cards. You had to pay by check, I believe. Oh, okay. And which is fucking stupid. Well, maybe
1: other states haven't figured it out yet.
4: Yeah, but Utah's is pretty awesome. You're absolutely right. I I have had. A uh, very pleasant experience is going to the DMV here. In I mean, Utah, for for years. years now. Yeah. I mean,
1: for years. I mean, i I I don't think I've spent more than fifteen twenty minutes tops yeah. at the at the DMV at any time I've gone.
0: Well, I think I think a factor not to be overlooked is the relatively low population uh, as a whole. It's got a a population center, but
1: that's true. C- but c- I mean, compared even, to Baltimore even then, or I mean,
0: New York or whatever, it's not. It's nothing.
1: That, that is true. But I mean, even, uh, even with low population, the DMV here in Utah when I was younger was, was, was awful. Worse. It was a, it was an all day event. Um, hmm. uh, they've, they've just automated it so much. I mean, so much is done online now. Yeah. They have a drive through for, for people to use. And, and so fewer people actually need to go. And when you do go, it's all just scanned barcodes. Right. And credit cards and and shit like that, and they just knock it out. Hmm. Yeah, everything. It's a
4: lot more efficient these days. Everything,
1: all the way down to the uh, inspection emissions, is automated now. Where when you go get your inspection, your safety somewhere, it's already in the DMV computer before you even get there. Because they've, it's all interconnected now. So. They you know the government knows everything about you, so, <laughs> so that it, must that must make you feel really good.
4: <laughs> it makes me feel special yeah. uh i didn't i didn't do a whole lot over the last week. We had an atheist of Utah board meeting that went very well. we've got some exciting things coming up here in the near future that we'll be announcing shortly um and last night we had our monthly Godless Cocktails event at Piper Down, which was a lot of fun. A lot of new people there that will be coming out to future events. We'll be volunteering at Planned Parenthood next week, so that should be a lot of fun. Other than that, I haven't been doing a whole lot except just work, 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 work. Has been very busy because we are in that time of the year well, where the IRS, yeah. My, yeah, my employer gets very busy this time of year. So that's been <sighs> exciting. But I want to talk more about GMOs. We'll do that in just a minute hey everybody it's x from the utah outcasts podcast and
0: youtube channel and you're listening to the godless revolution
5: the people are done with these right yeah, yeah, yeah unless you want some whiskey no no i don't drink never have i i'm not you don't. don't drink no not really teetotaler or just don't, don't drink often i i i was raised not to really partake too much Me too. really my parents never did protestant yeah
4: I mean, when I was a child, yes. Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. You guys ready to talk about GMOs? Yep. I'm excited. Sure. Yep. So I, I researched a whole bunch. And the way, so the way I went about doing this is just thinking to myself all of the different arguments that I've heard that are against GMOs or, you know, they're anti GMO. All of the things that I've conversed with various people online about Mm -hmm. and their reluctance to fully embrace genetic engineering and GMO technology Mm -hmm. uh, that I think is incredibly beneficial and helpful and will be the answer to a lot of the world's food needs going forward. Mm -hmm. So I just sat down and created this list of different arguments and then... Went in and backfilled information on them as I thought about it and everything. And then I wrote this opening piece to kind of give, to kind of give us a jumping off point before we get into the nuts and bolts of the, of the whole discussion. Mm -hmm. So humans have been modifying crops for millennia. We've been manipulating the genes of crops through selective breeding of plants with desirable traits. Just look at the varieties of grapes, tomatoes, apples. I can't think why any of our food crops that. Or I can't think of any of our food crops that we haven't mucked with genetically, right? We can you guys think of anything that you eat that has not been modified through human intervention, whether it's through selective breeding or genetic engineering or any other means? Uh, certainly, certainly not on a
0: large scale. I mean, there may be a few things you come across in the wild. That, uh, although even then, um, but probably you could find some stuff that's less modified, especially things that are not as desirable as something like a banana, yeah.
4: Perhaps. Yeah, some wild cultivars that you just find out that have been growing by themselves uh-huh. for a while, yeah.
0: Pure maple
1: syrup <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: has, that, I mean, or
4: has that not?
1: Why? I don't know. I'm just, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, do, do we genetically modify? The maple, the maple trees, trees. to produce you, more I, I i don't i, I, don't, I know. don't
0: know but i would be that's, surprised that's if they that's a
1: long endeavor endeavor there yeah it takes a long time for the maple trees to... Grow.
0: I, I don't i but you don't think well by i'm i'm I'm,
1: uh, I'm guessing Dan's right i'm guessing you know over over time that pretty much everything we've touched has been through some kind of selective breeding or something
4: well yeah, we've we've Selectively bred, or or crossbred, or created hybrids of just about everything, so that it Animals, gives vegetables. us a, a larger yield, has more nutritious has more nutrition, mm. uh, provides better taste, is easier to eat. You know, it has a thinner skin or less seeds, it's or, less yeah, resistant
1: would, to uh, disease, or is more or, resistant
4: to, to disease, or more resistant
1: yeah. to disease and, and bugs, and yeah, yeah, I
4: would say
0: maple and probably honey. And stuff are probably on the very low end of being modified.
4: Yeah, the raw stuff that we, the raw the the stuff that occurs in nature that we haven't really had to modify at all that has been beneficial and good since its initial discovery. Honey kind of thing. is perfect the way it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Uh, but corn, wheat, soy, apples, bananas, potatoes, carrots, lettuce—nearly everything you and I eat on a day-to-day basis has been modified from its wild cultivars. But most of those advances came from decades and even centuries of painstaking research and breeding with a lot of time wasted through inefficiency. Mm -hmm. The idea through the idea behind GMOs or genetically engineered products isn't really all that radical a notion. It simply reduces the inefficiencies by allowing biologists and farmers to more accurately alter the genes in plants to make them more hardy, more resistant to stresses from climate change, insects, invasive plant species, drought. All of these things that can affect our growing of crops and the feeding of the world's population, uh, and all of which we've been battling since we first started cultivating crops ourselves instead of just foraging for wild crops. Whatever's there, yeah.
0: I mean, even even down to uh, plants accepting more or less uh, direct sunlight. Right. I mean, they can modify that. They have can and have modified that, too. Do you... You want to just go get through all of this, or can I interject? No, please part- interject. Okay. Yes. Cause I brought some things here too, but okay. Th- uh, but this dovetails into re- right exactly what you're saying, which is a part of the, uh, which I can, I-, I can tell is probably already coming up, but it's the, the qualification that there's a big difference between laboratory genetic modification and natural modification.
4: Sure, which and, is and is what that,
0: you define as natural modification. Which is modification, the, the yeah. objection.
1: Well, that yeah. that was one of the points I was going to bring up. That's one of the questions I was going to.
0: Oh, okay. Is, the, is uh, right is
1: just that question right there because there is a distinction.
0: But there, I mean, there, there me is. But um, so there's there's a bit of a of a natural naturalistic fallacy in there. Sure.
4: Uh, yeah. Well, it depends on what you mean by natural. Well, uh, natural. Thank you. Did you say natural selection? I can't remember
0: uh laboratory genetic modification and natural modification but but even natural modification in this sense isn't entirely natural because we're interfering
4: the The only difference between well yeah, so what do you mean by natural modification first
0: well so this this is an article that I pulled from cosmopolitan okay, uh which everyone should go read the full article. I have bits and pieces of it here, but it's from uh Cybabe uh oh a bet nice. yes, yeah, and it's yeah. uh and it's awesome. Um, but I think what, what's being talked about is, is humans interfering or crossbreeding, pollinating, grafting mm. in whatever, mm. uh, to get more desirable results. But if that's considered natural, then I don't know why modifying genes isn't also considered natural.
4: Yeah, true. It's,
0: I mean, that's, that's no more natural than, than what we're doing now.
4: Yeah. I, th- I think the problem is that people think about it as far as their own capabilities. You know what can I do as a person myself without any specialized training in genetics mm-hmm. to crossbreed uh, a hybrid plant? What can I do as a regular person versus those evil scientists yeah, yeah. who are you know just part of the big big ag machine who wants to take over the world and control our food supply? Right, twirling well, their mustaches. Right. So, and
1: I'm I'm not I'm not going that far as far as you know the evil evil
4: you know Mon I mean, satan and and all that <laughs> but i mean isn't
1: isn't there a difference i mean uh, when when you crossbreed uh, two things i in in a quote, a, air quote natural sense uh nature decides whether those two things are going to work or not whereas in the lab you can kind of force it to happen i mean you you can you can try and crossbreed a turkey with a spider, in order to get a turkey with a turkey legs, but it's not going to work in nature.
0: That's but, not going to work in the lab either. Well, no, I, I mean it's. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can rape a double helix to a certain extent, but well, na- no, nature I, I mean, still does have to give some there, consent.
1: There are things you can do. Uh, aren't aren't there things you can do at a genetic level that you can't ne- that won't necessarily happen? At a natural level, is is my question. And
4: I so think, say that again.
1: Are there things that you could do at a in a lab that you that wouldn't necessarily happen at a natural level?
4: Yes. Well, sure. Yeah. So, oh, well, they, but the same is true of anything you can do in a lab, really, right?
1: Right. And and, and I just wonder if that's where some people draw that line sometimes between natural. And, and lab.
4: Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. Like, what can I just do, as a regular Joe Schmo do to fuck with plants to get right. them to do something different than what they would do if I just threw some seeds in the ground and watered it or right. whatever versus what those right. wacko scientists are doing in their labs? Right.
1: I'm, I'm not saying what the scientists are doing in labs are, are, are bad. I'm, but there does yeah, but that seem, seem to be the there distinction seem to that a, lot be a distinction out. between the two and, yeah. and, I, I'm I'm not sure it's altogether fair to just kind of lump them together as they're the same thing because I I'm not sure they are. At least in a lot of people's minds.
0: Well, right, yeah. Well, certainly that it's certainly it's certainly different in people's minds. Um, but I I think a lot of the conclusions that they're drawing based on the differences that they think are there are are false. I mean, you know, you know, like if you're if if you're making if you're making a taking a measurement and you're off by a tiny little bit, it doesn't matter if the distance you're covering is short. Right. But if you're off by a millimeter here and you have to go 2 miles, at the end you're going to be off by a ton. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what's happening is that even if even if they're sort of off at the very beginning of what's going on in GMO versus like what's happening in the su- in the lab or quote naturally then all everything that they're deriving from that being off a little bit way out at the end is off by a ton, you know? And I think that's, you know you get the idea of turkey legs on spiders and stuff.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's that's where you that's where the inefficiencies are born, right? Is is in not having a more precise way of doing it initially, and so every descendant from there becomes a missed opportunity or a wasted time and effort put into Creating what you what you wanted to create from the mm-hmm. outset. Well,
1: and, and that's a totally fair argument that that in the lab you you're able to uh, speed up a process that that could have been done naturally anyway. That you could get to you could get to this end result naturally, but it would take a whole lot longer to crossbreed and and do that.
4: Well, yeah, generations
1: and, and generations to do it where in the lab you can do it in one quick step.
4: Well, and, and real quick, I want to revisit the terms a little bit here because when you say naturally, it's not occurring without any type of intervention. It's still artificially uh, selected. Mm-hmm. It's still artificially it's still a, hybridized and bred together to w- create what you want. It's still a sure. human intervention, so it's not a completely natural process, it's not a complete, even for the people who say it's it's a more natural
1: thing. When I, when I say naturally, what, I, what I'm referring to is that Nature ends up deciding whether or not it's going to work.
4: Still I mean, not sure what you mean by that. Too, then. Yeah, too, there, because I mean, that if, would still a, happen. A, that still happens with
1: if a dog fucks a cat. Nature decides whether conception occurs. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: Well, I think you're assigning agency to nature, which is a little weird. Uh, okay, but, no,
1: but, it,
0: but the point's still valid. Sure. I mean, there there are constraints in nature that disallow cat dogs
1: yeah so yeah um (laughs) i i don't mean to imply agency i don't mean to
4: imply (laughs) any kind of you know it's just it's one of those things that that along the lines of you know if you start here and you you have this end goal in mind but if you start here and your your premises or your wording or whatever isn't more precise then by the time you get to the Mm. end then it just it okay. amplifies the issues fair, and problems within it. So I yeah, just I just want to make sure that we have our our terms uh that we're all on the same page for our terms. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I mean I there are constraints. I just see I just think the way the way that it's viewed in someone's mind is so sinister, you know. I don't I mm. I think it's more like making an Oreo a double stuffed Oreo. Rather than making a spider with turkey legs, right, which is a little weird and freaky and kind yeah, of yeah, this isn't this isn't like Island of Doctor Moreau. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's just going to be my example because it's it fits perfectly. Oh yeah. Do you, Do you mind if I read this real quick from Not at all? Yvette, oh, yeah. and then we can probably jump back? Unless sure. this makes this should clarify. I think it fits pretty well. Okay. Um. You've heard some of the rumors that with genetic modification, we've unnaturally reinvented the Pop-Tart to sling webs and regrow limbs. (laughs) (laughs) This is a lot like saying the nice folks from Amazon use the Kindle in a radical new way to sell a book, not so that it's more compact, but so it drunk dials your ex. (laughs) This is fear mongering about a new technology, and it's preying on your lack of knowledge. Uh, Traditional breeding methods, including hybridization or selective breeding, are what we think of as, quote, natural breeding. These are done for a variety of reasons, from making new varietals of the crop to making it more resistant to the elements. But make no mistake, this drastically alters the DNA of the seeds. For comparison, uh, President Barack Obama's hypoallergenic Portuguese water dog, Bo, is somewhat of a hybrid. A chihuahua is a a selectively bred gray wolf. In fact, all dogs are descendants uh, from the same genetic ancestor, the gray wolf my 11 pound chihuahua terrier mix could breed with a grey wolf carefully <laughs> but, but don't fall into the trap of thinking that natural modification is always better or healthier bulldogs were selectively bred and they're, and they generally give birth via c-section have breathing problems and only live for about 6 years right so
4: so you introduced these traits that you weren't necessarily yeah i mean th- setting so out as, yeah exactly as so
0: exactly so like if if we go back to the Oreo example, if if you don't go in and manipulate the genes, and you do it by uh, you know just farm, I know you don't farm Oreos, but if you, if you do it by the quote unquote natural uh, breeding, right, uh, uh, cross breeding Oreos until yeah, right, until and you and you your des- larger stuffing, yeah, and your desire is to get double stuffed. Well, you know, you're going to be able to spot the ones that are occurring naturally with more stuff. Yeah. And you're going to want to breed those with other things that have more stuff, right? But maybe one of the, maybe one of the qualities. While
4: maintaining the cookie to stuff ratio.
0: Right. But maybe one of the qualities of the Oreos with greater stuff is also that they have uh harder, denser cookies to hold it in there. Mm. And so when you breed those two together, you do get more stuff, but you also get a cookie that's like hard and cuts the roof of your mouth and is not desirable, but you have no way of altering that. You you take it or leave it. You either get the stuff or and the hard cookie, or you don't get either. And right. you can you know, and that's the problem is that there's no so. There's no way to do one without the other in a lot of these cases. And that's like the cases with pugs and bulldogs and you get this fucked up uh, respiratory problem. So if you just want the double stuff, you just go in and you say, turn on the double stuff, turn off the hard cookie. Boom. I'm, I'm picturing it's no this, different. I'm
1: picturing this awesome <laughs> video of like a bunch of lab scientists in lab coats standing over with their checklists over a table with like two Oreo cookies, <laughs> just waiting for them to
0: like yeah. merge. And it's only two because they can't get funding for more. <laughs> <laughs> do you have more in that that you wanted to? I do. I, I'll just okay. I'll I'll jump in if I if okay. I have one that corresponds. If that's okay.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so here's how it works. Scientists extract a bit of DNA from an organism, modify or make copies of it, and incorporate it into the genome of the same species or a second one. For example, you and I, we all have a ton more genes in common with a banana than you would realize, right? You're, you're basically more than 50% banana if you want to look at it that way, or, you know anything around you you sh- you share a shit ton of the same genes because god got lazy and- i think i think you're related to an orange <laughs> yes more closely related to an orange than you for sure is, it, is that why my dick curves
0: the way it does i mean
4: is that- your part banana <laughs> is that- and
0: it's green with spots that's banana <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, (laughs) It does have a certain appeal, though. (laughs) (laughs) So so the way that they get it into the genome of the same species or a second one is by uh, either using bacteria or delivering the new genetic material is by using bacteria to deliver the new genetic material or by (sighs) shooting tiny DNA coated metal pellets into a plant cell with a gene gun. They basically shoot the differences into the plant. And that hope sounds that it's
1: scary, Dan. Yeah, it's a gene gun. Bacteria. Pew pew. <laughs> that
4: they're shooting things into. Uh, while scientists can't control exactly where the foreign DNA will land, they can repeat the experiment until they get a genome with the right information in the right place. The use of newer technologies like CRISPR are especially exciting breakthroughs in the field because it allows for much greater preci- much greater precision. So in the past the way that a lot of breeding has has taken place is by uh grafting we we've, we've all done that experiment in high school where you graft little bits of one plant on, you know, onto another and you then you get things like uh, what are the there's like the grape flavored peaches there there's there's like what are the what are the, what are the fucking there's there's hybrids of of fruits that are like nectarines Kind of, but they're they're more specialized, and you can have a you can have a tree that will grow both plums and oranges, kind of thing. That's hmm. that's weird. And well, that's just a- sacrilegious. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's,
1: a- that's 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 like condiments on your uh, on your wiener. I mean-
4: <laughs> <laughs> no hot dogs, plain in a bun. In a bun, no condiments. No condiments. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with GMOs, we. This is a quote. With GMOs, we know the genetic information we're using, we know where it goes to the genome, and we can see if it is near an allergen or a toxin, or if it's going to turn another gene off. That's from Peggy Lemo, a plant biologist at the University of California, Berkeley. Fake school. (laughs) (laughs) That is not true when you cross widely different varieties in traditional breeding. So you can't, like you said earlier, you can't cross a dog and a cat and get a cat dog.
0: Well, I think Grant said that to be fair but oh, well, I, I, okay. I, I but,
1: threw out but, the yeah. dog,
0: <laughs> dogs fucking cats you know,
4: uh, so when speaking about today's usage of, of terms like GMO there are two techniques which dominate the market uh, the first enables crops to express a protein from the bacterium Bacillus thuringis or BT and that's toxic to certain insects so they've created certain plant varieties that express BT through the plant itself so that the plant itself helps keep uh, those predatory insects away from the crop and and protect it that way rather than spraying pesticide onto mm-hmm. the onto the plant itself. Which
0: you would think that lefties would uh, would be for.
4: You would think so because then you're not spraying those dangerous chemicals right. that are just going to kill things. But then they flip it on its head and say, well, now that dangerous chemical is right in my food.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's inside it. You can't wash it off anymore. Yeah. But that's that's not the same thing.
4: Right. It's not at all because certain chemicals affect certain organisms in certain ways. Mm-hmm. We don't have the same type of response to all chemicals that insects do or that other mammals do. We, you know, everybody is different. Humans being different from insects, we don't have the same response to this, to this particular enzyme.
0: Right. We can't eat eucalyptus, for example.
4: Yeah, it's it's really bad. Yeah, but really uh, bad.
0: koalas exist only on that, that and they're a, not That so... was a rough night. With... <laughs>
2: Jesus! <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, it was it's a long weekend in Australia. I, <laughs> s- I swear to God. <laughs> uh, BT is also the active ingredient in pesticides used by organic farmers. So whether you want to say that the GMO crops or the genetically engineered crops are worse than the quote unquote organic crops, really it's a difference of is is the pesticide or insecticide being bred into the crop itself or am I spraying it on there? Mm-hmm. Which one would you prefer? Um and just just uh just for a
0: for measure, the uh the amount of toxicity of glyphosate mm-hmm. glyphosate, how do you say it? which way do you say it?
4: I say glyphosate.
0: Glyphosate, okay. Um the Which is the active ingredient in the pesticide roundup mm-hmm. uh which is uh, is also what they're using right
4: yeah roundup is basically the brand name of glyphosate right
0: uh is less toxic than table salt to humans
4: for the l d fifty yeah like the the amount of table salt that you would consume versus the amount of roundup or glyphosate, you would need more glyphosate than table salt to kill you,
0: yeah. Even the pink Himalayan nonsense.
4: You would need more caffeine than glyphosate, or yeah, you would need more glyphosate than caffeine to kill you. Hmm. The LD fifty for glyphosate is much lower than a lot of the chemicals that we use every single day.
1: Well, and that that kind of comes back to and what you said before and what you said just now comes down to one of my biggest questions, uh, and I'm I'm not saying it's not like this. I, I'm I'm uninformed, so you're you're educating me here. Uh, is is says who? <laughs> I mean, oh, you're
0: going to uh, go Cohen on us, huh? <laughs>
1: so I, you <laughs> know, I I'm I'm not saying it hasn't been independently tested, and if it has, that's great. But if if the people who are saying this are are the companies that are producing it, then that. Bears a lot less weight for me than if it's like independent researchers from like the University of California, uh, or or independent research organizations that that are aren't tied to the profits of of this this product.
4: Yeah, that it's not in their best interest that the exactly. results go one way or the other. So
1: yeah, I mean you uh, you had mentioned earlier, but you know the evil corporations. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a, a big conspiracy theorist but I, I also don't trust corporations. Right. I mean they've proven themselves
4: over and over and over to not again. be yeah. trustworthy.
1: So uh so my big question is is the uh, how much independent testing has there been on glyphosate and and these things?
4: And we will get to that that that's, that that's... would be
1: that more than anything I am not anti GMO But that's the the question in the back of my mind that that
4: Yeah, and it's a valid concern. I mean, we've seen it for everything from alcohol studies, tobacco studies, Mm -hmm. a bunch of shit that we know now is really harmful, but in the past Auto Safety We've had corporations trotting out various scientists who said, Oh no, you should absolutely enjoy those cigarettes. Oil industry It helps with digestion and relaxes your nerves. Yeah.
1: So yeah, we've okay. we've seen that we've seen that I, throughout I history. I figured a lot. we'd probably get to that eventually, but it was relevant to.
4: Yeah, absolutely. This point, yeah. Go the ahead. The second major technology, uh, when talking about GMOs or genetic engineering, allows crops to tolerate the herbicide glyphosate, so that farmers can spray entire fields much more liberally than they have in the past, and yet still only kill weeds. They're not going to kill their crops. Glyphosate use has skyrocketed in the has skyrocketed in the US since these GMOs were introduced in 1996. But glyphosate is among the mildest herbicides available with a toxicity 25 times less than that of caffeine. So you would need, Mm. so in other words, you would need to consume 25 times more glyphosate than caffeine if you were looking to kill yourself. Uh, it has, its use has decreased reliance on more toxic alternatives such as atrazine, which has an LD50 in rats of 3090 part, 3090 milligrams per kilogram compared to the LD50 of glyphosate or Roundup, which is roughly 5,600 milligrams per kilogram. Hmm. So the LD50. I'm,
1: I'm reading. I was about to ask that. What is LD50? And now I'm reading ahead and it looks like.
4: Yeah, let me. I were think I talk have about a, that. I think I have a definition
1: of LD fifty. getting in all here. scientific now, Dan.
4: <laughs> oh man, I know I put the definition of LD fifty in here well, the somewhere. Well,
1: the next paragraph sounded like it was talking about what, as an explanation. Oh no.
0: Yeah,
4: down right there. Just, just so everybody. Just knows. so everyone. Knows oh yeah, there. Oh, look at me. I'm so smart. Like I thought of it. I thought of it ahead of time. So just so everybody knows what LD fifty is, it's the amount of an ingested substance that kills fifty percent of a test sample and is expressed in milligrams per kilogram or milligrams of substance per kilogram of body weight. So a person who weighs 150 pounds or roughly 68 kilograms would need to ingest around 210,000 milligrams or 7.4 ounces of atrazine or nearly double that amount of glyphosate, around 380,000 milligrams or 13.4 ounces. In order to kill 50% of a test sample. Right. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the LD50 of common, of common household bleach, for example, in rats, uh, which is the subject used for the atracine and glyphosate examples that that we just talked about. So the LD50 of common household bleach is 4090 milligrams per kilogram, which is more than 1500 milligrams less than glyphosate. So you would need 1500 milligrams less of common household bleach than glyphosate in order to, to kill yourself. And we use bleach all the time. We, we clean with it. We wash our clothes with it. We disinfect things around the house with it. We swim in it. Yeah. It it's, it's put into our water that we drink all the time through Mm -hmm. the municipal water systems. It's used to help keep our water clean and sanitary. Um, um, And nobody ever questions that. Nobody. Well, I wouldn't say nobody because there, there, there's this raw water movement going on. Fluoride.
1: (laughs) Fluoride.
4: There are a lot of conspiracy theories around it, but we know that here in the United States, where our water, unless you happen to live in Michigan, Mm. is, (laughs) is, is really pretty safe. It's you know, I shit in water cleaner than most people drink in the rest of the world. Yeah.
1: You bastard. (laughs) <laughs> such, um, a, such a wonderful visual to
4: leave us with. <laughs> <laughs> well it's still i mean we talked about it last <laughs> week a little bit that it, it just it fucking amazes it, me it, it is incredible that i have water just at the at at readily at my fingertips to do anything i want with and inside it goes my house yeah. yeah and even the water that i take a
1: shit in is cleaner than most most people in the world
4: yeah yeah, that's just amazing. Like, yeah. the pe- you know, people from third world countries would come over here and see me shitting in a bowl of water, and they'd yeah. be like, what the hell, man? Yeah, isn't that weird? <laughs> Hi, I'm Lucian Greaves, spokesperson and co-founder of the Satanic Temple. Check out my website, grayfaction.org, if you want to be disgusted and alarmed. You're listening to Godless Revolution.
5: But my name is Pat, Pat I know you're you're a wonderful magician. Oh, thank you. I thank love you. magic. Oh, thanks. I really do. What
6: well, and I was hoping uh, you'd say your name.
5: Sorry. It's, it's Pete. Pete. Hello, Pete. Peter. But you're a you're a big atheist now, right? I mean.
6: Yeah. I have been for a long time. I, I guess my whole adult life.
5: I stuck with it, I guess. Oh, did. You? Jesus is still my co-pilot. <laughs> He's great. He doesn't drink either. Very oh, really? very smooth flight. I thought there was the wine thing and then ah, the wine. you know. It was one miracle. <laughs> the rest of the time, he was pretty dry.
4: Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Because I didn't have as much time as I wanted to go through all this, I mean, I, I put a bunch of stuff in here, but it's not in any necessarily coherent... Um. Line of thought. There's, there's, like I said, I just wrote down a bunch of the headlines and, and talking points that I've heard people discuss or that I've discussed with other people. And then I went back through and backfilled them, but it was just as I thought about it and as I went through the list. So there are a bunch of things that I don't necessarily have a whole lot of things for, but we can talk about if you want. One of them is monoculture. A lot of people get uh, frustrated or concerned about uh, large manufacturing or large farming companies creating and using monocultures, where they'll take over an entire plot of land and put in only corn. One thing, yeah, yeah, like
0: huge swaths of land with one thing. Well, newsflash, they were fucking doing that
4: before. Right, yeah. That that is not necessarily a symptom or a problem only with GMO technology. No, that's not related to GMO at all. Right, that's just farming practices. Yep. Uh, seed trademarks. A lot of people complain that Monsanto trademarks their seed. Mm-hmm. Companies do that with everything that they produce. Nobody yeah. complains that Apple trademarks all of the bits and pieces within their iPhone. Nobody complains that Nike trademarks their their branded swoosh or the style of shoes that they wear. But That's this the company. Is food,
1: man. <laughs> but it's there, something everybody your, needs. Your Nikes aren't growing on a tree. Today. Yeah, I but mean, there are
0: there are old. You can't grow your own Nike. Yeah. Or your pre own iPad, pre GM uh food varieties that are patented uh sure i mean i think uh even a variety of apple is is uh held the ownership is held by the university of minnesota and so all you know at least a portion of all profits of any of that variety go to them yeah and this is since way before gmo so that's also not a gmo specific problem
4: correct uh the other thing is the people hate Monsanto. Yeah. And the Monsanto of today is not the Monsanto of old, who a lot of people got, they get really bent I mean, out they, of shape. They do have a history. They do, but it's not it's not the same company. It's not at all the same company that people get all concerned about. Well, Monsanto made Agent Orange. Okay, well, Monsanto and a bunch of other companies made Agent Orange, and they were on contract with the government to do that. But nobody. Yeah, the government made Agent Orange. Yeah, the go, Yeah, the government did it and contracted with these companies to do it. Nobody seems to be, you know, really, really upset with Bayer, who also created Agent Orange, or a bunch of right. other companies who did it. They seem to focus in on my, on Monsanto for some reason.
0: Bayer, I think, also uh, created heroin. Oh, did they? I believe so.
4: Oh. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, but. Yeah, for some reason, Monsanto seems to, to be the target of ire for so many people. And it really is not even the same company who did a bunch of this stuff in the past. Uh, one of the, the, the current CEO for Monsanto has expressed that one of his biggest regrets is that when they went through their major change and spun off all of their stuff and became pretty much just a tech agro company, that they didn't change the name. Mm-hmm. He said if he had to do it over, he would He would have changed the name because yeah. it's not the same company at all.
0: Like start delivering food to third world countries and be called Monsanto. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Instead of Monsanto. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one of the other big things that people talk about all the time when they talk about GMOs and Monsanto are lawsuits.
1: I've heard of that a lot. I mean, that's that's a recurring theme
4: that I've heard. Oh, yeah. Well, and the theme – so the story goes that – Well, and cover-ups.
1: Cover-ups of research.
4: Oh, cover-ups, and, you know,
1: huh? Well, and this – I mean, you know, again, this might be conspiracy theory. I'm not, I'm not saying it's – but that, that, that Monsanto is always filing lawsuits in order to cover up research that it doesn't want the public to see.
4: I haven't seen any of those. Oh, okay. You'll have to. If you, there was a, if there you spot was a case one, you'll in have to. Florida, yeah.
1: That I, I vaguely remember. I I didn't come prepared. I'm sorry.
4: No, you're totally fine. <laughs> but if you if you run across it in the future, <laughs> okay. let me know because I I'd, I'd like to take a look at it because I haven't it, heard about, it, I haven't heard that one. It
1: may be. It, it's most likely conspiracy theory. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I hear about.
4: Yeah, well, I I haven't heard that one. the The main complaint I get, or that I hear a lot, is that Monsanto sues farmers for. You know, reusing their seed or the oh, Monsanto, you know, too, Monsanto's yeah. trademarked products will have some pollen blow into the farmer's field. You know, this, this poor yeah, traditional farmer who has, you know, pollen blown into his field or Seeds scattered into his field and through takes, bird droppings. And it
1: takes root.
4: Yeah. And then Monsanto comes in and sues the farmer and ruins his business and his livelihood. And they're left destitute with nothing left. And mm-hmm. it's all because of this big, big evil corporation. And none of that is true. None of okay. that is true at all. Uh, the, the two, there are two really famous or popular cases when talking about GMOs in Monsanto. Uh, The first that is on March 28th of 2011, or as I've typed it in here, <laughs> 20,011, <laughs> on behalf of 60 family members or uh, 60 family farmers, the Organic Seed Growers and Trade Association, or OSGATA, filed suit against Monsanto claiming they were trying to head off future lawsuits from Monsanto <sighs> if Monsanto seeds contaminated organic crop fields and then Monsanto would sue them. So this was their preemptive strike against potential future suits that they thought Monsanto may bring against them. Hmm. Uh, oral arguments were heard January 10th in 2013 and a ruling was isu- was issued June 10th of 2013. The case was thrown out after the farmers and their attorneys couldn't point to a single instance in which this had happened.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Because the judge basically said I can't I can't grant you injunctive relief for something that has never happened before. Right. You can't sue somebody and request relief for something that has yet to have ever occurred. But they're paying off the judges too, man. (laughs) (laughs) But probably the most famous case is the 1999 lawsuit Monsanto filed against Canadian canola farmer Percy Schmeiser. (laughs) Schmeiser was growing Roundup-ready canola without paying licensing fees for the seeds. Schmeiser tried to argue that his field was contaminated by insects carrying pollen or by the wind blowing it into his field. In fact, he went so far as to suggest that it could have been blown into his field by a passing truck. (laughs) Monsanto argued that his claims were patently false because 95% of his crop contained Monsanto's technology, far too much to be carried by the wind, insects, or even a passing truck. As an explanation, Schmeiser said he conducted an experiment. Mm. He sprayed Roundup on three acres of the field that was closest to a neighbor's Roundup-ready canola. And for those who don't know, Roundup Ready means that the canola seed has, has been imprinted with Monsanto's technology that make it so that the plant is not susceptible to its Roundup, uh, herbicide, also known as, well, Roundup is the brand name. Glyphosate is the herbicide in question. And really quick, I want to mention too, that when we talk about a pesticide, that can, that can refer to either an insecticide or an herbicide when mm-hmm. when discussing farming technology and agriculture. And a lot of people will will tend to misuse the label pesticide when talking about Roundup. Not that it's not a pesticide, but more specifically, it's an herbicide. It's not an insecticide. Mm-hmm. It's an herbicide. It kills plants. Not humans, not other animals. It kills plants. Uh, says who <laughs> <laughs>
1: says Monsanto. <laughs>
4: yeah, they they also say that, yeah. <laughs> so so when Schmeiser conducted his experiment and sprayed Roundup on the three acres that were uh closest to a neighbor's Roundup Ready Canola field, many plants survived the spraying, showing that they contained Monsanto's resistance gene. So he goes out, sprays the crops with, with Roundup, and they survive because they have the Roundup Ready technology in them. And so when Schmeiser's hired hand harvested the field months later, he kept seed from that part of the field and used it for planting the next year. This is what Schmeiser offered as defense for having 95% of his field containing, uh, Roundup Ready crops. This convinced the judge that Schmeiser intentionally planted Roundup Ready canola. Schmeiser appealed and still lost. The Canadian Supreme Court ruled that Schmeiser had violated Monsanto's patent. So just like anything else, I can't I can't take apart an iPhone, recreate all of the things, and then call it my own and sell it, right? Because I didn't develop the underlying technology. I just saw it laying there, figured out how it worked, and did my own thing. You can't, you can't do that. That's what trademarks and patents are used for, is to protect intellectual property that a company has spent millions of dollars investing in to create in the first place.
0: Right. Would you like to buy this? My phone seven.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, One of the other arguments I hear people toss around all the time is frankenfood. Yeah. We've all seen the pictures of, you know, somebody going to bite into a piece of corn and the corn bites back or... (laughs) You know, injecting tomatoes with a syringe. That's not how any of this works. That's 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 not what GMO technology is or genetically engineering of crops.
1: Turkeys is. with eight spider legs.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh, weird.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was picturing – I thought you were saying spiders with eight turkey legs earlier.
1: Well either way. I
0: mean the, the, either way, the, be happy. I mean, really. Either way, I
1: mean as long as you have eight turkey legs. I mean
0: because, <laughs> you
1: know it's it's the drumstick that everyone wants. Yeah, that's what I thought. So this so time this
0: time you said a turkey with eight spider legs. Not me, well, I'm all okay. about the turkey I mean, titty. I, <laughs>
4: <laughs> I like the white meat.
0: Racist. Uh,
4: I know. <laughs> I was just gonna say Why do you like that dry shit? I like my I like my alt right turkey. <laughs> 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 uh, another Argument I hear all the time is that there's been no long term testing, and that is just absolutely false. Uh, Genetically modified organisms have been around. If you want to talk about just genetically engineered things, they've been around since the mid 70s, uh, is when they really began development through the 80s. And then it wasn't until, was it 96 or 99, that the first uh, genetically modified organism seeds were actually available for planting in, in your regular farming methods for sale to people for things. So, you know, I went through 15 to 20 years of testing before it was ever placed out on the market, and then since then has gone through another 35 years of use in billions of animals, billions of plants, you know billions and billions of meals and there's been no adverse effect from
0: and why should there be
4: right because it's it's the same it's chemically the same thing and
0: this this is this is where i'm talk. i was talking about earlier how if you're off by a millimeter at the beginning in your mind once you get out to the you start to draw these conclusions you're gonna be off by so far the fact that they that people would even suggest that they need to be tested over any other food demonstrates how little they understand about it. First of all, t- sh- point to me, which one is the GM corn and which one is it? Right. You can't do it. So forget about labels, but, but secondly, they're all corn. Yeah. There's no like, what, why do we need to, why we, we, we've been testing corn
4: for fucking thousands of years. It's fine. <laughs> well, and then the other thing is a lot of people will complain about when they, when they talk about labeling and GM products, what about the derivatives of GM products? For example, mm-hmm. sugar beets. Mm-hmm. They they grow GM or genetically engineered sugar beets because they're larger. They, they produce a higher yield. They require less water. They're much more ecologically sound. Then they take those genetically engineered sugar beets and create sugar yeah. that goes into a bunch of other stuff. So mm-hmm. now do you have to label all of that other stuff as being a GM product? It's sugar. That's the product that they were after. It's chemically identical to sugar that you would extract from the sugar cane plant. Its chemical composition is exactly the same. So does everything that contains this one sugar from a different source but is chemically identical to its cousin created from another plant, do we have to change everything now? And, And on what basis are we doing that? And why are we doing that if it's exactly the same fucking thing?
0: Yeah. It would be like labeling double stuffed because they have double stuff.
4: Yeah. Well, they, they do that, but. Well, that's true. <laughs> they, they do do that. Okay. Well, let's
0: say, let's say you take this stuff out of double you, stuff you, and regular. You have a choice whether you. <laughs> and put that all in a vat. Then, then what do you do?
4: Yeah. And then you use, you use that stuff. To make with more just plain ones, yeah. cookies to make more regular Oreos, do you then have to label them as double stuff when they're not, they're regular Oreos? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what if you use that work? stuff <laughs> with, sure. with
1: brownies instead of cookies? Well, then you're a fucking
4: <laughs> sinner and a heretic and
0: you should burn <laughs> in hell. I don't know. Brownies? I don't like Oreos. That m- I mean, Oreos are okay. Double stuff, too much, but.
4: Too much. Double too stuff. much. I like the quadro stuff with you. Take the double stuff when you split off the one cookie, and then you make oh my God. hell yeah. <laughs> now that shit needs to be tested for health,
0: <laughs> human consumption.
4: So there have there has absolutely been a lot of tests around this. More
0: tests for. GM foods than anything, than any other. Oh, fucking absolutely. Way way more rigorous.
4: Way more rigorous. Rigorous. (laughs) Way more rigorous. uh, A shit ton more testing. They test for allergens. They test for nutrition. They test for toxicity. They test for everything for this GMO technology. But the same can't be said of traditional or organic Mm -hmm. methods of breeding and hybridization.
0: And it's multi-departmental
4: yeah there's there's nobody at the farmers' market who is going out and testing the farmers' crops to make sure right. that they're just as safe as the g m o technology yeah. that has been studied for years and years and years and gone through extensive tests any number of tests before they'll even release it to the market yeah but then you know some some Guy just out in his farm can create whatever he wants yeah. and take it to the yeah, farmers that, the market farmers, and sell it to everybody. Exactly. And everybody thinks that's better. That's
0: better. Yeah. The farmers market is the gun show equivalent of for food. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yes. There's no no, no licensing, oversight. no background checks. You have no, no idea yeah. what
0: you're getting. You can buy whatever you want, and doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah.
4: Yeah. He could have used anything on it that he wanted. Yep. Doesn't matter. Could
0: have soaked it in bleach. Yeah. <laughs>
4: um. So yeah, testing is is definitely done on the GMO side, not nearly as much on the organic or traditional growing side. One of the other things that we hear all the time is talk of super weeds and super insects that are being created because of GM technology.
0: God, when that when is that movie going to come out? I can't wait.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: super weeds.
4: But what they failed is to see
0: in the avengers i can never keep it
1: straight <laughs> didn't well, that already come out with like night of the aphids or something <laughs> like that
4: or... <laughs> attack of the aphids attack
1: of the aphids some like killer ants 60s or something. <laughs> yeah well,
4: well there was oh. there's all kinds of big there's bug a whole movies bunch back of, in the 60s, right? ants in the 60s and, and, and 70s grasshoppers fucking but what they fail to realize is that the same thing happens regardless of what kind of pesticide herbicide i think you mean irregardless (laughs) that you that you use right because through the process of evolution and natural selection things that tend to survive being when we try to kill them if they survive (laughs) then they survive and breed other things that would survive and they Mm -hmm. become larger they become more resistant to the things that we're using to try to kill them that's why Antibiotics are constantly changing. That's why the flu shot changes. That's why we cannot get rid of the common cold because it constantly mutates. This happens regardless of whether you're using glyphosate or GMO technology or anything else. You could use any other kind of herbicide and the same fucking thing would happen. If you continue to use it, then you eventually end up with weeds that are resistant to. So that's not a problem with just GMO technology. That would happen regardless.
0: Do people do people who are anti-GMO also not utilize mules? Mules, or is that more of a that's know. traditional? Mules genetic, are used in Yeah. That's 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 uh, natural. As
4: Juan Valdez picks his coffee beans <laughs> on the mountainsides of Colombia, <laughs> yes, he uses his mule.
0: <laughs> I haven't read that book. <laughs>
3: Hi, this is Megan Kennedy. I'm a speaker with the Satanic Temple. You can find me on Twitter at Six Moments, and you're listening to The Godless Revolution.
7: You
6: really do believe? Yeah. Christian God? Christian, Yeah, all three. No, I don't want to be dismissive, but you actually believe that there's a being that cares about, forgive me, but your masturbation cares about everything you do? Yeah, you, you know. And you, mean, you don't have any gnawing doubts about that? You don't think that maybe you're, you're letting things slide by you that could be likewise. more beautiful? Like
4: life? Rejoining the Godless Revolution podcast now. Through the process of evolution, the use of any herbicide will naturally result in herbicide-resistant, tolerant weeds. What makes glyphosate great is that it is much less toxic than many other types of herbicide. So besides the fact that this would happen regardless of which type of herbicide you would choose to use, glyphosate is so much less toxic than a lot of the things that we've used in the past that it's that it's really Fucking amazing. It was a revolution in the agricultural world when this technology was developed. GE or genetically engineered crops allow farmers to use a lot less and less toxic pesticides on fields because GM crops can be modified to allow a more targeted use of herbicides and pesticides. So you can create crops that are that we know that they have, you know, a certain type of weed around them. And so then you could create a crop where Whatever you're going to spray on them will kill all of the other weeds but leave the crop alone. So it's it's much more effective, much better for the environment because you can use less on it. You don't have to use uh, wide a wide-ranging
1: right. herbicide.
4: Right. Um, a German meta-study published in PLOS One concluded that on average GM technology ad- adoption has reduced chemical pesticide use by 37% increased crop yields by 22% and increased farmer profits by 68% which is why despite all of the protestations you hear from organic companies and growers the use of genetically engineered seeds and the technology continues to grow because farmers get a lot more out of it
0: it just seems like it just seems like something that the left would be all four if you if you could make a strain of i don't know plums right that can grow in arid uh high sun areas in the desert yeah in the desert and then we could ship those seeds around to uh you know some of the third world countries that have a lot of people but a very difficult time growing fucking anything Mm -hmm. and then they can also make them more vitamin uh nutrient mm-hmm. at you know we they can add that kind of stuff to it so absolutely they can, they can be growing these crops that they've that have never that where nothing else will really grow that have incredible nutritional value and save the lives of who knows how many not that we need a whole bunch of more fucking humans but
4: <laughs> at least fucking at humans. least
0: the ones that are born aren't gonna die of starvation
1: Why i i would
0: be cautious
1: about uh, uh, too broad of a generalization of the left, because it's it's not the left in general. I mean, there there are a lot of anti-GM GMO people on the left, and there there are a lot on the
0: right. Um, there aren't that many but, on the right.
1: Well, I. There are more. It's uh, yeah, more of a I, left I would
0: agree. It's more of a left than a right thing. Anti-GMO and anti-vax are lefts. The lefts anti-science. Yeah, but uh, it's not.
1: Areas. I mean, it's not a broad thing on the left.
4: Yeah, it is. It is something that cut, I, I mentioned it's, it before it's that, that it's something a, that cuts a niche. across. Yeah, it cuts across all demographics. As far as GMOs and genetically engineered products go, it cuts across all kinds of demographics. For who's in favor and who's not, whether you're left leaning, right leaning, Hmm. uh, college educated, what your, uh, economic status is, where you live. It's a, it's a fairly even balance throughout all of those various demographics. Hmm. And because of, and I think a lot of that is in part because of the slick campaigning that the organic industry Hmm. has employed to try to get people to be afraid of GMO technology it's it's just a product of that <clears throat> something else that is cited all the time is the Seralini study and that glyphosate causes cancer and that's not at all been proven been proven to be true <laughs> it's not at all been proven to be true um the Seralini study was published in 2012 I can't remember the guy's first name, last name Seralini, and a bunch of other researchers from the University of Caen, Caen, stupid French word, C-A-E-N, University in France, uh, was widely discredited because he used faulty testing methods. For example, using rats who are predispositioned to developing mm-hmm. tumors. Uh, and eventually the paper was retracted in 2013. And that has done nothing to really silence him or stop him from his crusade against GM technology because... Andrew Wakefield. Yeah, it's the Andrew Wakefield of the GMO world. Hmm. One of the cool things about GMO technology is the really fucking awesome things that they can do with it. For example, Arctic apples. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everybody I know gets tired of eating brown apples or when they cut their apples open that they brown so quickly because of oxidate because of oxidation. And so they've developed uh type of apple. My
1: apples are rusting?
4: When Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) basically that's, that's what happens. That's what, that's what happens when they turn brown and there's a lot of home remedies or cures to keep your apples looking fresh. I mean, the brown doesn't affect the taste or anything really. It just, Looks unappealing, and so people will soak them in Seven Up. Is one of the things that I've heard. Seven Up and Sprite, or they'll put lemon, lemon juice. juice on lemon them juice is a... to to keep them from browning. But they're they've created Arctic apples, which are non-browning apples. It was created by by bi- biologists who took genes from Granny Smith and Golden Delicious varieties, modified them to suppress the enzyme that causes browning, and then reinserted them into the leaf tissue for. The apple trees, and have created apples that don't brown. So I think I'm going to open up a
0: seaside barbecue joint called the Rusty Apple.
1: <laughs> 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 Just sounds like a <laughs> little
0: jetty restaurant.
4: <laughs> but, oh,
1: the visuals of that!
4: <laughs> but with but with the technology, scientists are creating all kinds of cool shit. They're working on varieties that would survive disease, drought, and flood. Um, one of the other arguments that I hear is. About colony collapse disorder in bees mm. or CCD. Mm-hmm. And for quite a while, about two years ago, that was all the rage that everybody was complaining about GMOs because they were causing bee colony collapse. And we've since learned that that wasn't really a thing in the fir- first of all, that the colony collapse disorder was kind of cooked up to be much more than it was. It was promoted as this thing that was happening all over the place. When it really wasn't a big issue. And since then we've we have learned that GMOs are not, in fact, the cause of killing bees or or colony collapse disorder at all. The one thing that has been happening, and one of the species that has been negatively impacted by widespread use of glyphosate and GM technology are monarch butterflies. Mm-hmm. But it's not because the glyphosate is killing the monarchs themselves. It's killing the milkweed. It's killing the milkweed that the butterflies use for their food source. And with large farming communities creating, creating large swaths of land where they're using Roundup and glyphosate, it's killing the milkweed. So the, but the, the butterflies have no migration path there's no source of food for them as they're Uh, on their migration path and so they're dying Mm -hmm. so it's not that the glyphosate itself is killing the butterflies it's killing their food source the milkweeds which Mm -hmm. are an invasive species on your farm that you want to get rid of so you spray them with roundup kills the milkweed but then the butterflies are negatively affected so
1: i mean somebody will come up with you know like uh, monarch drones (laughs) <laughs> we'll we'll just have like like in black mirror we'll we'll just have monarch drones all
4: over. <laughs> well the the solutions there are to change farming techniques and so one of the things that farmers have begun doing are to create little oasises within their within their farm where they just let weeds grow. Oh okay. So that they're not sprayed with any chemicals the there's a natural resting place or landing place for the monarch monarch butterflies to go and get their milkweed. Food source and continue their migration. How very altruistic! <laughs> so, when, uh, so, but, so, I, so I, but so that's something that was based on farming techniques, not the technology mm-hmm, itself. Sure, sure. You were
0: saying that uh, Grant earlier that uh, you wouldn't necessarily trust Monsanto-led or or funded studies about the health uh, of G- GM or whatever. Not but in the case. Not inherently. Sure, no. sure, sure. In the case of bees, however, they have an extremely high interest in keeping them around. Sure. Right. So what I'm saying is is it would make no sense for a company to continue with a program that's eliminating their only possible way of helping to grow their business. Yeah. Because bees are absolutely required for their success.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It- See where again. gets. So, well, actually, going back to the bee thing, because I I haven't actually kept up with the colony collapse. Is that actually not a thing? I mean,
4: it's the the numbers were grossly overstated.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, the numbers there, there were grossly overstated.
4: Yeah, there there are problems, but there it's
1: the last thing I heard was yeah that it, it was it was a thing of some some concern and that we had no idea what was causing. It. Yeah.
4: I, yeah, so I hadn't the, heard
1: about uh you know Monsanto or Yeah, so the any the numbers
4: for the causing. for the colony collapse disorder were grossly overstated in a lot of reporting which we see all the time around scientific advances and yeah. and and articles on science. Uh the the numbers were grossly over exaggerated and then we've since discovered that one of the primary things is a parasite called the varroa mite, and that's what was getting into bee colonies and causing a lot of the numbers within the that was it was causing a lot of colonies to have reduced number of bees because of this mite. It wasn't because of glyphosate or anything else it was another bug, another parasitic bug preying on the bees hmm.
1: yeah there well and that that kind of i mean what you're talking about kind of highlights something. There's a fundamental problem in, in science in general these days. I forget if it was a episode of Bill Nye that I was watching or or John John Oliver, uh, somewhere they were talking about this where there is not there is a uh, insufficient amount of uh, secondary research being done. I mean, science is based on on science works because of peer review. I mean, that's that's the fundamental – that's right and but we're not getting enough peer review because there's not enough funding and there's not enough acclaim for anyone to come along and and do the secondary studies so somebody puts out some bullshit study that hasn't been peer reviewed hasn't been and no one's going to. And then the media picks up on it. And all of a sudden we find out that double stuff Oreos cause cancer. <laughs> <laughs> and it takes a long time for that to be corrected because now it's in the media. Now everyone's afraid. Mm-hmm. Finally, some scientist picks up and is like, oh yeah, well they tested like two leukemia patients and <laughs> right. who ate double stuff Oreos. And yeah, they had cancer. Um, But by then, the the public is already like all fucked up by yeah the genie's out of the bottle then yeah and you know it's 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 kind of this uh, growing problem with um, peer reviewed
0: science. Well, it's also a problem with uh, with journalists not. They're they're not doing journalism. They're nope. they're being purely reporters. It's it's and a it's problem about, with the media too. Yeah, yeah it's, I, it's, I, I it's I I'm going to get the yeah. story out first so that I get the recognition. I could give a fuck less about fact checking. That takes too long. I'm just going to be the one to break the story.
4: Yeah, yeah, or or just overzealous reporters who don't know the science behind it. They're journalists. They're not scientists, and so they'll they're just read reading an abstract, an abstract of something. Of it. Yeah, and they pull up you know the one one particular sentence happens to catch their eye, and then they. What's the word I'm looking for? They blow that out of proportion and make the story into something that isn't at all what is going on. Yeah, but it gets a lot of attention.
1: Well, and that's what it kind of sounds like with the, the colony collapse. That I mean, maybe it's something similar where yeah, they're just a- kind of blown out of proportion because a whole bunch of people didn't understand and and not enough. Secondary research was done. There
0: was a yeah. real media buzz about
4: before, that before before <laughs> freaking everyone out about it. Well, and then but <laughs> then what ultimately resolved the issue was more research. Was more research. Yeah. yeah. Was more but research. Was secondary that, studies.
1: But now putting that genie back in the bottle, like you were saying, that's a lot harder. Becomes more difficult, right?
4: Yeah. And and it's one of those things that you you kind of have to keep up on. You kind of have to keep reading study after study and learning more about it, but. The overwhelming consensus, just as it is with vaccinations, just as it is with climate change, is that there is a growing consensus and an overwhelming consensus. that GMO technology is, is safe, that it's as safe or safer than traditional or organic methods, that it can provide all kinds of potential benefits, and that people are afraid of it because of shitty junk science and bad reporting. Hmm. Uh, Along the lines of nutrition, genetically engineered foods can be created which have more nutritional value than traditional or organic crops. Take, for example, golden rice, Mm -hmm. in which they have incorporated vitamin A into a staple food that is used around the world by billions and billions of people. Uh, Golden rice was created and can help reduce more than 500,000 cases of childhood blindness each year and over 2 million deaths per year from vitamin A de- deficiency. But you've got a bunch of crusading organic groups who think that science is evil and don't know what the fuck they're talking about, who go out and destroy test fields of crops for, vi- for golden rice. They think it's scary and spooky and frankenfood, and so they lobby their government to keep it out of their country. It's something that could benefit millions and millions of people and stop more than 2 million deaths per year. But because people are ignorant of the science behind it, it hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. And so every year that passes that we don't have golden rice growing all over the place to decrease vitamin A deficiency. That's blood on these people's hands. And it's something that, so for me, when I was one of the, that's, it's actually one of the reasons why I'm very passionately pro GMO and pro genetically engineered, uh, technology because I see the benefits and, and this one particular thing to save the lives of two million people per year mm-hmm. for this simple thing, just adding vitamin A to, to rice and having that distributed worldwide would save more than 2 million people per year. Yeah. And I, I, ignoring I, the science behind that and stifling it and trying to get it shut out from from wide adoption and usage that's 2 million people dying each year because of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I I would say I'm I'm in the same boat you are that any any affinity I have for uh GMOs is for that reason, for for reasons like vitamin A, for uh, developing seeds that grow in arid uh, arid regions, to bring food to uh, areas that that couldn't naturally grow it uh, right now, or things like that. That's you I, mean shithole areas. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wasn't fucking Haiti and I Africa. Wasn't. I, I wasn't going to say that, Man, but damn. yeah, the the shithole countries of the world, then oh, maybe they won't need to come here
4: <laughs> and
1: maybe Trump will finally be happy.
4: If we starve them there, we won't have to starve them here, Grant.
0: <laughs> yeah, no
1: shit. That motherfucker is never happy. I mean, is he ever happy no. about anything? I mean, fuck. Uh,
4: go on. I've uh, seen him smile, but it's more of a sneer. I think usually. I mean, you know, when he looks at him, when he looks laughing, a is when he's talking about <laughs> yeah.
1: grabbing pussy. Yeah, I mean,
5: <laughs> this is Phil Ferguson of the cleverly titled "The Phil Ferguson Show," and thank God you're listening to the Godless Revolution. So you don't you don't believe in something watching us, something keeping all of this going? I'm not sure. There's no God, but. I don't
6: know. The most important revolution in human history, more important than agriculture, more important than writing, is the scientific revolution came down to three words. I don't know. And no institution, no church, no king, no power structure had ever said in history, I don't know.
5: Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following
4: us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. One of the other arguments that I hear tossed about all the time is that Monsanto developed a Terminator seed, that this evil corporation has created a Terminator (laughs) seed, that, Mm -hmm. you know, once everybody develops, you know, a real craving and taste and has adopted GM technology, that Monsanto's going to hold the world hostage with its terminator oh, seed and say, "Well, we're not going to give you any more seed until you <laughs> give us a billion dollars." <laughs> 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 and terminator seed was was created. It's it's a technology that Monsanto made and they did it so that when the first generation of seed was planted, grows to maturity, that the seed from that plant is sterile, that it won't be, that it can't propagate anymore, that the mm-hmm. seed is basically dead. It's not something that they can flip a switch and turn off all of the growth right, of right, all the right. crops or anything. It's it's so that that seed can't be used in the future. It doesn't affect its nutritional value. doesn't affect anything else. It just makes the seed sterile. It, we're growing a bunch of eunuchs out in the field.
0: Couldn't they just hang like a mesh over the entire field or something to keep seeds from spreading (laughs) like a Skynet
4: or something, (laughs) something like that. Yes. (laughs) Um, but I mean,
1: that's, I mean, isn't that where people kind of see this as, as kind of corporate overreach? I mean, I mean, there, I have this apple now with these seeds and, and now, but now I can't grow an apple tree from the seeds because mm. you're the only way I can have an apple now is, is buying,
0: More of your seed. I can't now grow an apple tree myself. So, so when you had that Samsung phone, you really loved. Uh Which one? Which one was it? The one that was exploded? The Note uh, Seven. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so when Samsung made the decision to, was it a buyback officially or uh, some sort of a credit? Something. recall, Recall. Yeah. But it came down to – because you held it as long as you could because you liked that phone. Yeah, basically. But it got to a point where they said all the remaining phones will just not have service. We're shutting them all off. Yeah. Right? Right. They're shut. but, I mean, (laughs) in in that scenario, they're shutting them all
1: all off because they're inherently dangerous. Okay. Maybe, but – I mean, growing my own apple tree is not inherently dangerous sure but it's not going my apple tree isn't gonna blow up in my face
0: i guess my point here is that there there seems to be some knee-jerk reaction when we're talking about this particular subject that uh that people have some sort of a natural resistance to just to to relating this to other situations that happen all the time that are similar or or you know uh, i don't know there's 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 a there's a definite ick factor involved with the uh, GM stuff that I think is like the left's gay marriage issue. Well,
4: and they assign nefarious. I know you say purposes. it's not just the left, and, yeah. but
0: that's what I see mostly. Yeah, well, but, I, it is a lot on the left,
1: I, but I mean, I, I guess I would also say, I mean, there is a distinction though. You're, you're, uh, there's a difference though between nature of growing my own apple tree versus a manufactured product like a
0: like a, a note seven but there but Monsanto isn't saying we're creating terminator seeds so that nobody can grow their own food the the, the terminator seeds as far as
1: i understand there, was there a re, are seeds was seeds in there but i cannot grow an apple tree from those seeds and the apples I grow from, uh, am I understanding that right? Well, I buy a I buy a Monsanto apple seed. Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't grow... be an
4: apple tree though. It would well, be so, like it so would be I'm like just, a yearly. Yeah, so I'm just sitting w- listening to you guys talk this out. because maybe I'm misunderstanding. Because at, at the end of all of this, there's there's a little there's a little something. But I was <laughs> okay. y- you started saying You're, something, but I was oh, curious please, where yeah. you were going to go with it. That
0: oh, I, my understanding was that they this was a response to some of those like. "Quote unquote lawsuits and the spreading of their patented seeds and stuff like. So to solve that problem, they just say, well, okay, well, we'll just make sh- make seeds that only work for a year, and then
4: and that's absolutely correct. That's why the Terminator seed was created was because of growing concerns from people who said, well, we don't want these these danger you know potentially dangerous scientifically created Franken seeds spreading in the wild, so we want to make sure that we c- that they won't propagate. And so Monsanto said, "Okay, well, we'll develop a technology that makes sure that when the crop is mature, that any resulting seeds are sterile." That's that's the Terminator technology, and it was created in response to people bitching about shit. So then they do it, and then the people bitch about them doing it. There's a it was a there was no end situation for them.
1: That message, okay, and and again, I I don't follow this as closely. Maybe I should. That message is not the message that I hear get out in in the media or or in all right you know, yeah.
4: because because there's a narrative from a lot of the organic and small farming communities that they don't want this technology adopted, and so anything they can say against it, they absolutely will and like I said, their first complaint was that they were concerned that these weeds would end up spreading into other communities and other farms, and there'd be no way to stop it. So to address those concerns, Monsanto said, okay, well, we'll make sure that the seeds that the resulting seeds from mature plants are sterile. Okay. And then everybody freaked out and said, well, now you're just making sure that we can't ever grow these seeds. And to be fair- Without buying
1: more seeds yeah. from you yeah. to grow the next year's harvest.
0: Yeah. They really could use a, a good PR person because-
1: It, it really sounds like they an, have
0: really lousy PR. It's kind yeah
4: you we, know, we see that throughout the scientific community, that there aren't a whole lot of great scientific- There, there aren't a whole lot of great science communicators. It's right. just scientists- Doing their work and having a good time doing their work and not communicating very well with the general public what is going on. And then that there's also a breakdown in communication as far as scientific terms used and mm-hmm. hedging their bets. You know, science, science, it, most things are exacting sciences, right? But there's also a concern that as our knowledge increases, the science and technology changes. And so, you can say that, well, to the best of our knowledge, this thing operates this way and will do so in the future, or whatever. But then perhaps something will come in and change and modify that. So scientists always hedge everything. They don't know. Yeah. You know, the, the people against scientific advancement are always like, well, this is evil and bad and it's going to kill people. And they make mm-hmm. these, these declarative statements that are black and white, cut and dry. This is the way it's going to be. And scientists say, well, you know, we're pretty sure that this and that, and they use all of these terms to hedge what they're saying, mm-hmm. and people just go, "Well, see, you can't even really tell me that it's not going yeah, to, yeah. you know, rape yeah, my children in the middle of the it's night." It's
0: seen as weakness when yeah. they can't. Yeah, but I mean, even in the terminology, I mean, like you're saying, but the it's accurate to say to call them Terminator seeds, but it is a little ominous, you know, and.
4: Yeah. Well, and so that's maybe, the, and that's the terminology that was created by that, outside. Int- that's, not well, okay, that's that's, that's not Santos' term. Oh, for okay. Them. What oh, do okay. they
0: call him? The I'll not be back.
4: Uh, <laughs> shit! I I wish I had written it down, but I I did not. But yeah, they didn't they didn't develop it in house as called oh, okay. the Terminator seed. <laughs> it was I'm sure it was something like mm-hmm. non-propagating or sterile seed. Sure, yeah. Uh, around the issue of seeds, the other thing that I hear all the time is that people complain that, well, you know, farmers can't save their own seed anymore and Monsanto sues farmers if they try to save seed. And that's partially true. But the thing about that is that even before GMOs were created and, and were widely in use, farmers stopped saving seed. The problem with saving seed is that it's really labor intensive. You have to grow the crop, mm-hmm. then you have to harvest the crop, then you have to set part of the crop aside, then you have to go through and figure out a way to get the seeds that you want, which introduces a bunch of other seed material like weeds, other invasive plant species that may be growing in among your crop that you've now harvested and are trying to get seeds from. And with things, uh, in particularly things like corn, where all of the corn that's in use for both feed for animals and consumption by humans, is a hybrid. And so when you have a hybridized plant and then you try to collect seed from that, those individual seeds that were that are created by the hybrid are going to have genetic variants. And so when you use the collected seed, the resulting crop is going to be of less quality and won't necessarily be the hybrid seed that you wanted to grow in, in your farm or on your land in the first place. So for years and years and years, farmers have not been collecting their own seed because it's labor intensive, it's cost ineffective, it introduces weeds, and you don't get the the actual desired traits from your farm, which also then results in lower yields for the plant product that you wanted when you set out for your enterprise of planting them on your field. And so they were buying seeds every year anyway. Because then they get a consistent product with a guarantee of crop yield and of purity of seed that they just don't get if they save their own seeds. So it was more cost effective for the farmers to not worry about trying to collect their seed and introduce weed variants in there to have less desirable traits in the resulting offspring from a hybrid plant that they had planted the previous year. It's much more cost effective to just buy new seeds every year. So when people complain that Monsanto sues farmers for saving their seeds, well, that's, that is part of, that is part of an issue, but most farmers don't do that anyway. The farmers that do were basically set on really difficult terms where maybe their farm was failing. They've signed a previous agreement with Monsanto to buy seeds for this price for this year. And then something happens. They can't buy seed the next year. They want to try to do whatever they can to stay in business, so they'll harvest seed, plant them, but that breaks the agreement that they entered into. They don't have to use Monsanto seed. They can use whatever the fuck they want. Mm -hmm. The fact that they choose to use seed from Monsanto is a pretty good indication that even the people who are complaining about it after the fact know that it's a much better product. They're going to get better yields out of the seed that they use from the ag tech companies. You Okay. Does that make sense?
1: No, it, 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 uh, I'm 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 straining to to find a flaw in it. But, I mean, <laughs> but no, I mean it it makes it makes sense. I mean, if if you're going to buy Monsanto seeds and if you're going to enter into this agreement, I mean, uh, part of the thing that kind of, kind of kept going through my mind is that, you know, why. Why does Monsanto feel the need to sue? I mean, what is that? I mean, if if farmers aren't doing it anyway, then why do they need to sue? But if if you're voluntarily entering into a contractual agreement with them, then then yeah, I mean, it's it's on you. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. So no, that that makes perfect sense.
4: Crop yield is often cited as one of the things that is a big boon or benefit for GM technology. Uh, current crop yields are fairly consistent between traditional farming techniques and, uh, GMO products, but GMOs are gaining each year and offering higher. What are butt GMOs? <laughs> 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 but GMOs. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, but it's offering higher yields each year and and is already surpassing traditional and organic crops and it's more ecologically sound as well climate change gm products are our best solution to quickly adapting Mm -hmm. to the environment changing all around us that we see every year um as the environment continues to change genetic engineering is the fastest solution to offering real world advancements in technology that can continue where we can continue to grow crops that will benefit mm-hmm. people in an ever increasing and diverse and ch- rapidly changing global climate
1: yeah well how many how many times do we hear this story even here in the u.s not not even like third world countries or anything like that Have You know, uh, entire uh, crop yields uh, throughout a state, uh, uh, being killed off due to frost or due Mm -hmm. to flooding or or things like that. Oranges in in Florida, uh, being wiped out by weather weather and shit like that. So,
0: yeah, I mean, every time there's a significant global climate event, uh, there's a, there's a, serious flora and fauna holocaust that follows that Mm -hmm. and uh and extinctions of humans i mean not not entire but near extinctions uh, of humans have happened a few couple or few times and waiting for uh plants to plant evolution to catch up naturally is takes could be centuries Mm -hmm. you know to fully recover um evolution is slow yeah. I mean it's a slow
1: fucking process. Right.
0: But but uh GMing them uh is as fast as you can do it, pretty much. As soon as you know the conditions, you can just plan for it and then plant.
4: Well, and then you can then you can isolate specific genes for traits that you want and precisely input them <sighs> into the product that you want as your output versus you know, hitting so so ways in the past that they've tried to create hybridized plants. Or to genetically modify things has been, you know, taking cuttings and implanting them or transplanting them to another plant. Um, blasting them with, uh, radiation so that it creates mutagens that Mm. then hopefully produce a desired trait. And then you can take that and create other hybrids from there.
0: I bet that worked a bunch of times.
4: (laughs) Well, yeah, but that's just, that's weird, right? So, you know, basically just blasting something with, uh with these with these rays and then hoping that you get something out of it and then if you do then you've got to go mm-hmm. through all the testing of it so it's just all of this time wasted on an inefficient process yeah where going in and and specifically selecting individual genes for targeted changing or modification cuts out all of, all of that inefficiency
0: I wonder if people were freaking out about that at the time
4: I don't think they even knew about it
0: right yeah maybe not Probably not. I, yeah,
4: I think they probably had absolutely no idea.
0: They're just putting peach trees in microwaves.
4: <laughs> 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 um, let's see. Labeling is another big topic that people talk about. Yeah. And my, my quick and easy answer for anybody who's a proponent of labeling GM uh, products is that we already have a label... In effect, that does the same thing. And that's the USDA organic label. The, the USD organic label means that it can't be placed on any GM products. So you already have a de facto oh, solution okay. to labeling something as GMO. You, you may not know, you know, you have things that are certified organic according to the USDA and they have the label. Mm. Everything else may be organic, maybe just a traditionally farmed product, maybe GMO. You don't know. But those are the ones that are more widely in circulation and that most people can afford and and use. The organic label comes with a markup in price. That's that's one of the things that really frustrates me with GMOs and genetic engineering in general is that it's privileged people mm-hmm. who have the means to say, well, I'm going to reject this other stuff and pay more for this thing that I want. Yeah. Because I've been advertised to that this may be a superior product, and so you poor people can have this other stuff, and I will shit on it and try to stifle its innovation and widespread use because I have the means to get this organic thing. Right? Yeah. I, I it, just
1: have a hard time picturing somebody as Smiths like shitting, like dropping drawer <laughs> and <laughs> shitting on somebody else's bananas. <laughs> And then going and getting the organic bananas, <laughs> I don't find that hard to believe at all.
0: I, I, but but I think that's a good point, though. You know, they 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 they're the people that get to walk over to that privileged aisle, you know, and feel the big happies for buying the thing that they want that nobody else can get, and then they try to take that other food that they're choosing not to eat out of the mouths of people who can't afford anything.
4: You're right? Fuck you. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I find most frustrating. It's when I mentioned, I think during the last episode that one of my, tr- one of my relatives now through Tracy is hippy dippy crystal loving GMO hating kind of person. And, you know, a, a couple of years ago, I posted something on Facebook and this is shortly after I had met this person and she sent me a Facebook friend request and I posted something about GMOs and she went on there ranting about. A lot of the arguments that we've talked about tonight and I, you know, pointed out where she was wrong and why she was wrong in a bunch of them. And she's like, well, I don't know why you're getting so upset about Uh this. Why don't, why don't, you know, I'm just talking here. Like, why are you so, you know, why are you so strident in defending this? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, because you are speaking from a place of privilege. You have no fucking idea or concern or care for people who can't walk into Whole Foods and stroll down the organic aisle and spend whatever the fuck they want on food that is the same thing chemically compositionally as anything else in the rest of the store. And you're denying that technology and trying to stifle it and starving and affecting people. And you don't seem to realize that at all. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm concerned about it. But, and she hasn't commented on anything since. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and
0: tone tone is the place where people retreat to when they feel like, uh, the other person is maybe not open to or knows a, a certain amount about the, the subject. Religious people do it. You know, mm-hmm. atheists are so angry all the time. And, you know, uh, you you get that from everybody that's not skeptical. If you know a little bit about it or if you are passionate about it, then they, they always retreat to that. Oh, why are you being why are you getting so upset about this? Like, we're just talking. No,
4: like you're being a fucking moron. Yeah. And it's a bullshit argument. Yeah. Because. I have had arguments with people online, and I say arguments meaning basically just a discussion where we where we disagree. I don't mean where we're yelling at each other back and forth or anything, but I've had discussions with people online where we are in an argument and we have a clear difference of opinion, and I have been as gracious and as nice and polite and considerate and accommodating as one person can possibly be, and for some people it just doesn't fucking matter. They're going to believe what they want to believe, and nothing that you can say will change their mind about it right then. Hopefully, sometime down the road, they'll change their mind because you planted a little seed or whatever. Just this week. GM seed. Yeah. (laughs) Just this week, I got in a conversation with a friend on Facebook because I posted that... Airborne and Zycam are mm. bullshit, mm-hmm. and homeopathy is bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I got in a somewhat lengthy discussion with a friend who uses UMCA, and that's a, it's a homeopathic cough medicine, basically. And Mm-ka. I tried to explain to them, okay, it's clear that you don't really even know what homeopathy is yeah, because you're citing the—you know, you're telling me— that you buy this because it helps you and you know, well, it works for me and so that doesn't matter. And I said, so you're completely ignoring the the entire idea of, oh, fuck me. What is the uh, placebo? You're, you're, placebo? You're entirely denying you're, the placebo per-
1: effect. Well, you're perpetuating a placebo yeah. effect. You're saying because it worked for me, it will work for you. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Mm. Well, and then the other part of that is… If you go and get real medicine that we know has (laughs) real-world effects on things, that's much better than a placebo anyway. Yeah, and and then to say that, so that so that you know that went back and forth, and I said you know you don't seem to know what homeopathy means. Here's what it is, and I explained what homeopathy homeopathy is. That it was created so long ago that it was this pseudoscience bullshit where if you where like cures like and Ever decreasing amounts of something somehow make it stronger and water has memory and you have to thump it on a piece of leather and, you know, all of this stuff. And I I said, so, you know, wave it around like you just don't care. (laughs) I said, so it's pretty clear that you don't know what homeopathy is. And this is after this person had commented that, well, I wouldn't even really call it homeopathy. I'd say it's more of a home remedy. I'm like, no. Home remedies are a whole other thing. Yeah. And a lot of people get them confused with homeopathy because they both start with home, <laughs> <laughs> but they're <laughs> not the same thing. And homeopathy is bullshit junk science. I said, if, and, and it ended basically when my last comment to them after trying to be as nice and gracious as possible and as, as charitable and as accommodating as I could possibly be in everything. And my last comment was, look, man, if you really want to insist, That a product that you buy, which probably has absolutely no measurable amount of the active ingredient in it that you're Mm -hmm. seeking, and that becomes more potent if you put it in a beaker and bounce it on a piece of leather, (laughs) and that water has memory, I don't know what else to say to you. Like, Mm. that's the end of the discussion. If you want to believe that that fucking works, I can't explain anything else to you. You're beyond reason at this point. So yeah, it's a waste of my fucking time to talk to you about it. Yeah. And it if, was really frustrating. And if water has memory, like,
0: <laughs> it's got everything in it then, because how how long all the water has been around on Earth and recycled.
4: Oh, well, yeah. Like like Tim so, mentioned, said, you know, if it's got memory, how convenient is it that it seems to forget all the poop that's been in it? Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it, that was just a, a really frustrating discussion.
0: Hey, this is Taylor Grin from com, where we do news, analysis, and commentary. And you're listening to Godless Revolution. I just,
5: what if you're wrong? I mean, I, I could never... What if you're wrong? What if I'm wrong? I, I, I mean, either way, I'm good. You're right. No, no, that's oh. not
6: true. I mean, that's, that's the problem with Pascal's wager is there's more than one choice. You could spend your whole life praying your ass off to Jesus and then find out that... It's
5: actually Zeus, and he doesn't like you praying to Jesus. I, 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 I'm enjoying the certainty I get from You don't have certainty. I do. No, I, you don't. I do.
6: You can't get certainty just by willpower. You can't force yourself to believe things that you don't have evidence for. You just can't do it. You can't force certainty.
5: Yeah, but this this is all I have. Oh. I, mean, I, I can't. This is how I was raised. I can't just put it aside because you make some sense. I mean... It's hard for me to admit that you're making some sense.
6: Yeah, I I, I dig that. It's hard to change. It's really hard. It's hard for some of my age to admit that the the Beatles weren't that good.
1: If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at three three zero eight one 81 rebel
4: or Twitter at the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! Around the topic of labeling, um, it's a tactic that's employed where basically the argument is, okay, well, if there's no problem with the product, why would you be opposed to labeling it? Hmm. And then as soon as you label it they say well if there wasn't a problem with it why is there a label on it Yeah Well if if
0: you're not a terrorist then you won't oppose to a wiretapping by the NSA Yeah If you have nothing to hide you shouldn't care about that
1: And there to be fair there are a lot of people who agree with that concept who who don't have who actually don't have a problem with being wiretapped because I'm not doing anything wrong, anymore.
4: Well, yeah, sure, yeah. But it, I mean, it just goes back to the whole thing about like the Terminator seed. Like, there's yeah. no way for them to win on that. There's no way for Monsanto or anybody else who's yeah, it's, creating gene products lose to win argument, on this. Right. One way or the other. Because yeah. if they if they cave into the demands of people who say, "Well, we don't want this spreading," and so they create a Terminator seed. Well, then they turn around and go, "Well, you created a Terminator seed. What the fuck is going on here?" Don't these people have some sort of
0: a cure for whatever Monsanto's doing? Isn't there a plant homeopathy or a, a crystal they could <laughs> lay near? to the, yeah, go through. That's, that's a whole new industry.
4: Oh, my God. I was talking yeah, last it, week. It is called New Cottage Industry. I was, yeah. I
1: was talking last week. Why am I not Coffee rich? Coffee enemas. Why am I not rich? Here's a whole new industry of anti-Monsanto homeopathy solutions.
0: Probiotic. Oh, my God.
1: Plant. Yeah, Stuff, fruit yeah. juices and things like that. You don't have to worry about buying the GMO corn. You just drink my fruit juice. You know, and and They'll it will clean you
3: right
0: out. It yeah. will
1: counter all of the uh Monsanto. Yeah, it's ma-
0: made with homeopathic water up to 25 milligrams of placebo in every bottle. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and 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 fucking, you know, ages of memory in it. I mean, you know, Right. It remembers what corn it rem- used to Yeah. It, it remembers, remembers before, what, before the GMO. GMOs <laughs> and it will recover your system back to. Yeah. Oh my God. This, I mean, this is a million dollar. This is idea.
4: paleopathy. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, I have some other things in here, but real quick, I want to get to, uh, cause we're running short on time. I want to make sure that I get to different things that people use that have genetically engineered things in it that they probably never even think about and would never give up in a million years and that has made the world (laughs) and has made the world so much better. Uh, This came from a pop science or popular science article. Uh, It says, dinner dissected, very few genetically modified crops end up on tables or on plates, but the ones that can be found in roughly two thirds of processed foods sold in the U.S., Genetically modified bacteria and yeasts are also critical to the production of some foods, including many wines and cheeses. I figured Grant would be oh, very interested hell. in Oh, fucking hell, you have to throw it. Uh, for example, cheese. You have cheese. to win
1: me over with wine and cheese. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
4: Uh, rennet is, is key in making firm cheeses. Specifically, an enzyme called chymosin in the rennet helps harden cheese. Traditionally, cheesemakers used rennet from the lining of cow stomachs to get their chymosin, but an estimated... That's the way I like my cheese.
1: (laughs) Natural cow stomach enzymes.
4: (laughs) But an estimated 80 to 90% of hard cheeses in the U.S. are made with bacteria modified with the rennet-producing cow gene. Which stomach would they get it from? One of the ones Mm. in the cow. (laughs) Corn. Corn uh the trait is that it tolerates herbicides and resi- and resists insects uh total us crop usage by acreage is about 85% of the herbicide tolerant 76% insect resistant It's found in processed foods such as crackers and cereals corn on the cob livestock feed tons and tons of other stuff fucking your gasoline i mean yeah corn well, and then corn is in and everything and then of course states. the livestock feed ends up in you if you're a meat eater yeah cotton the trait is that it tolerates herbicides and resists insects total us crop by acreage is 82% herbicide tolerant 75% insect resistant it's found in processed foods including salad dressings and livestock feed cotton is in salad dressings and of course the clothing that you wear well
1: the clothing sure but i
4: i didn't know cotton was
1: in food yeah
4: it's also in your uh, money it's you well, know, your it's, money in, is it's not, your yeah. money.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why the I don't know why the GMO people would have an issue with with GMO cotton. Cuz I mean it's it's just it's what you wear you're not ingesting it's it. It's touching your body all what? the time, Grant. I mean it's your clothes and your money. I mean you're not you're not ingesting it. So I mean why would they have an issue there?
4: Well, there I mean there are a lot of things that that can affect you just by sitting on your skin, right? People with uh, allergies to nickel, for example, can't oh, wear, yeah. you know, jeans with a nickel fastener if the buttoner, like, so my son gray is allergic to nickel. So he has to be careful about some of the clothing that he wears because a lot of the fasteners for clothing are made from nickel because it's an inexpensive solution that's fairly hardy and easily found everywhere. But so if the back of, let's say the flu let's say the button at the top of your pants, the back of it is nickel. And that rubs on your skin. He has an allergic reaction, gets blisters and sores, and hmm. so we've oh, okay. in the past had to use like nail polish on on some of the things that would hmm. come in contact with his skin, so that the so that the nickel, which is an allergen for him, doesn't touch his skin and or you know cause problems.
0: Uh, underwear, yeah, he could wear underwear, <laughs> and then that would solve the whole problem.
1: Well,
4: so he's he's a <laughs> delicate little flower. He's he just. My son's awesome. Come on. Uh, Papaya. The trait is that it resists ring spot virus. Papaya was almost wiped out. Total crop usage by acreage is more than 50% found in whole fruit and other products. Rapeseed. The trait that has been uh, genetically engineered into it is that it tolerates herbicides. Total U.S. crop usage by acreage is more than 50%. It's found in canola oil and processed foods. Little known fact about that. Uh, favorite
0: seed of Roy Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and Donald Trump, I believe. Yes. <laughs> uh, soy. Especially the, tra- the young ones when they're young.
4: <laughs> <laughs> the trait is that it tolerates herbicides. Total U.S. crop usage by acreage is 93% of all soy yeah, is wow. genetically engineered. It's found in processed foods like cereals, breads, food additives such as lecithin, and in livestock uh feed.
1: Well, every every fucking Chinese order I get, I mean, yes
4: yeah. soy things in it. Well, things things as simple as, so much as disdain. squash stain. <laughs> <laughs> uh they've I they, love soy sauce. I... They've created squash that resists uh various viruses that is in use uh by acreage uh in the amounts of twelve percent. That's found in whole vegetables and other products. Sugar beets, the trait for that is that it tolerates herbicides, so it's Roundup ready. Total U.S. crop by acreage is 95% of mm. sugar beets. Wow. And that's found in refined sugar, which mm-hmm. ends up in fucking everything. everything. Yeah. Uh Lastly, wine. Certain wine yeasts have been modified to make wine production easier and prevent the production of harmful fermentation byproducts. One example is yeast strain LM01 in the United States, which prevents the production of histamines that can trigger headaches. It also improves flavor and color. I think all of that is very fascinating to Grant because he has a histamine issue. I he have loves a histamine wine.
1: issue. I love red wine. It gives me a fucking headache. I would love a red wine that doesn't give me a headache.
4: That would be cool. Uh, I have one more. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What?
0: Fucking Kale.
4: Kale? Yep. What?
0: Yep. Kale is what happens when you selectively breed wild mustard.
4: Oh, the smallest seed in the world, according to Jesus. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yep. He didn't know about rapeseed. Uh-huh. Uh, in fact, so are broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, and cabbage. They're all selectively bred types of the same species and can even breed with each other.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah. There. Your, even your precious kale.
4: Yep. 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 That is it for this evening. We have run out of time. There are a lot of other topics in the GMO genetically engineered arena that we didn't get to or talk about a whole lot. If you have questions or if we or if you think we got something wrong, if there's something else that you'd like us to clarify, please write in and let us know. You can do so by sending us an email. At TGR, no, that would be our Twitter. You can send us an email <laughs> <laughs> at godlessrevolution at gmail.com. You can tweet it to us at TGRpodcast. You can call and leave us a voicemail or send us a text message at 33081REBEL. You can post it out on our Facebook page. You can post it in our Facebook community. You can comment on the eventual YouTube version of this show when it's out there. If there's something that we didn't address, some other question that you have, some other concern, or something you feel that we got flatly fucking wrong, I want to know about it so that we can correct it. So please reach out and let us know. Thank you very much for coming in the studio tonight, Grant. Oh, you're very
1: welcome. He's, and Matt? is very oh. informative. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not as informed as I should be on this subject.
4: Not many people are because it's, it's not something a lot of whole a whole lot of people think about
1: i'm i'm not anti i'm not pro i i don't i don't tend to worry about a whole lot i why do you want know, when,
4: people to die grant i mean
1: <laughs> i mean i'm i'm pro to a sense like i said earlier about you know, I'm pro
4: golden g
1: m o because of the benefits for third world countries and things like that but like when i go into a store i mean yeah, you know, I mean, I'll I'll buy my kiwis, and if they're out of kiwis, I'll buy the organic. Ki- I you know, I I just don't give a shit. I yeah. I'm I'm not intentionally seeking out.
4: Do you go out of your way to purchase organic? Oh no, hell no, materials no.
1: no. I you know, I mean, I I buy my granola, but not because it's organic, but because I just like granola. I, yeah. So, uh, and I've I've had some questions. Yeah, uh, about it that you know things I've heard in the news, things I've heard tonight that that you've addressed. So it's it's been interesting. Well, if you think of any others, informative.
4: If you think of any others, let me know. Yeah, okay. Because it's something that I really like talking about. It's something that I have said that I'm really passionate about. And I, 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 I will it's...
1: saturate you with conspiracy theories.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's a really difficult discussion to have because there are so many different areas of interest and so many different arguments. For and against GMO, that a couple of years ago, I tried to have a conversation with somebody who was virulently or was at the time very anti GMO and tried to limit it to, okay, give me your concerns and I'll try to address them one at a time. And you end up with gish gallops. And yeah. you just, it's a really difficult thing to try to yeah. talk about. But
1: one, well, and you're also, I mean, beyond the media and beyond the bad PR, you're also overcoming decades of, uh, Movies and TV that that introduce all these ideas into our head of of the evils of science and and you know the bad side of science and and where it might go and you you know you're trying to beat that back as well all yeah. those fears of terminators and shit like that so yeah it's it's hard I I can see where it's it's hard
4: it's fun though I like I like so. talking about it because. I have yet to meet somebody who was virulently anti GMO who actually knew what they were talking about. So in studying this whole fucking lot over the last few years, I've learned a ton. And so it's one of those things that I feel like I'm not an expert in, but I certainly have a much better understanding of all of the arguments for and against than the average lay person who calls things Franken food and yeah. says that they're going to only use organic stuff. and yeah. It's kind of like talking to Christians. It is <laughs> kind of. Yeah. It's, it's it kind of a religious thing there, where there is a religious yeah. aspect to it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I'm, I'm very, I am very pro science. I, I believe in science. And then that's one of my fundamental questions, which I, I said at the top of the show is has, has the science been done? Uh and that, that more than anything else, that's the I question mean, what
0: right. here's the here's the, the thing that I find funny about that question. What, like, has the science been done? They're making squashes virus proof like that's as science as you get. <laughs>
1: like, but why when I say has the science been done, has has the testing been done to ensure that they're not also turning that squash into something toxic in the process?
4: Okay, okay, okay. So one last thing then before <laughs> we go is that I did have something on testing here uh, that I that I skipped over for time. But I want to make sure because you I, asked.
1: I, I apologize. No, I, I, no, we're, we're I, I want to make over. sure that I address as many concerns
4: okay. as possible. So if at the end of the show our listeners still have any concerns, please let us know. But as far as testing goes, uh, GMOs are tested for safety and allergen potential of humans and livestock as well as risks to wildlife and the environment before they are approved for sale on the market. The same cannot be said of all conventional or organic crops. Like I said, the the guy at the farmer's market, his shit isn't tested. Yeah. He doesn't have to go through all the rigorous certifications and testing that uh, GMO products have to go through. Genetically engineered food products are probably the most tested products in all of history, with more than 2,000 global studies affirming their safety for humans, livestock, and the environment. More than one in... More than one billion animals have been studied as part of the research into this for the effects of toxicity, for allergens, for, uh, long-term health effects. Uh, Big Organic likes to say that all research stating GMOs are safe has been funded by and carried out by Big Ag, but that's patently false. And this <laughs> speaks to a concern that you voiced earlier. Uh, well, but, uh,
1: more of a question. I, yeah. 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 yeah.
4: Well, so over the past decade, hundreds of independent researchers have published peer reviewed study uh, peer reviewed safety studies. At least a dozen medical and scientific groups worldwide, including the World Health Organization and the American Association for the Advancement of Science, have stated that that the GMOs currently approved for market are safe. See, and and
1: that's that's what's reassuring to me. When when you start bringing in WHO
0: and and you know independent organizations like that, I I I just I I don't understand this concern. I mean, I'm not I'm not trying to shit on you or anything. I'm just no, I'm just fine. saying. <laughs> to to me, I find this question to be one of the least interesting. Um, but well, just mean, because uh... if let's take the squash example, if they're going if they're going in to make it you know like virus resistant or something squash is already pretty human friendly right so they'd have to intentionally add something there to make it bad
1: no they they don't have to intentionally add they can they can unintentionally add something in yeah when process science
4: goes wrong in uh, in the process of
1: trying to do one thing i mean it's like your oreo example of of uh doubling the doubling the cream yield but making the thing making the cookie harder they could unintentionally add toxicity while
0: trying to solve another problem okay so let's say that happens Sci- science is a process right so they don't just take one squash and say have one guy go i think this is going to work <whistles> sell a billion of them <laughs> that's not the like they're going to test that one and see if that's what happens they're going to they're gonna who make is sure. going to test the
1: the company who wants to sell? Well, probably them
0: money? too. But I mean, the I mean, the the scientists that are involved in in uh, getting the proper results they have no interest in killing their clientele either.
4: Yeah, I, that was gonna be my other point. Is that as a as a producer of a product, I want to make sure that I'm not killing the people who are consuming my product. I want to make sure Morris. that it's well. Yeah, but I, I was going Reynolds. to say. Yeah, I was going to well, say. Well, that- sure, but they
0: they they provide a project a product that kills people. Squash doesn't kill people. You'd have to add something to it.
1: But they could again. They could add something
0: without. But they're testing knowing. it. They're going to test it. They're uh, not. They're not, gonna, they're not just going to. They're not just going to make a change and then release a billion of them to everybody. Well, and even if they did do that, it worked out. Because people have been eating them and they're fine. so. But well, that's I mean, just I, not I, the scientific I,
1: method. I mean, I would argue, I mean, that's kind of the reactionary effect. I mean, I mean, we don't want to wait until thousands of people die before we find out if something is safe. We want to find out something is safe before thousands of
0: people die. Right. like Like the flu shot. Right, you're not an anti-vaxer. No, right? oh no. Okay, so <laughs> when when they give you the flu shot, how are you sure that you're not going to get AIDS? Uh, That's how I see this question. Okay, well, they have to actually intentionally introduce that, you know, and or well, they could accidentally get no, AIDS no, on there. You're... Well, oh, may okay, <laughs> no, maybe, you're, you're but not, I mean, keep
1: using the word intentionally, but it it doesn't have to be an intentional act. It yes, it does.
4: Well, not necessarily. I mean, it, it would be possible that they could. In trying to introduce a specific trait, they did something that triggered something else within the plant that m- produced a uh, microtoxin, right? That made it that made it more that increased the allergen potential for for people who would consume.
0: And then they never test that; they just release it all, just well, like with yeah, the flu shot. Yeah, yeah. like,
1: but again, who is doing the testing? Well, I'm I mean, sure sh- I'm sure sh- the the, the group it's... of
0: scientists that are. Working on the modification are going to be doing most of the heavy lifting in terms of testing because it's their baby. That's their project. Right. And then the companies are going to have their own groups testing it. Right. There's going to be multiple groups uh, making sure that everyone involved in the transaction is getting what they want out of this. But
1: is anyone who is not dependent on the profit of this genetically modified squash testing it? That's my question.
0: Right, but all the people who are financially invested are also invested in the people who would be consuming it and keeping them healthy.
1: But but we've seen time and again where corporations put profit over the health and welfare of, of their consumers. We've seen that Fair. time and time again. Fair, mm-hmm. but I mean if if the only if the only uh climate change science was coming out of the oil companies, I mean, yeah. I mean, we've we've seen the result of of oil company science on on cli- or oil company scientists on climate change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tobacco
4: companies, auto auto safety research there, yeah.
1: uh, auto safety relative to you know we've seen example after example of cover ups and things like that. Where they put profit ahead of the safety and welfare of their consumers.
0: Yeah, I still think that it's not quite apples to apples because the you, the companies you're bringing up are ones that are that are primarily profiting on things that are unhealthy. You know, but the but, oil companies, pollutants, cigarette companies, all that. Yeah, they have no way. They have no way around making their people unhealthy. We're but,
1: talking about a genetically modified squash. Which the company could be profiting on once they release it, even though there there are the, the even though there could be a chance that there's a risk to the consumer.
4: So I think maybe so. I, so I think I think maybe what Matt is saying is that things like uh, the tobacco industry or the oil company, uh, we know that their products have always been bad. They've always been harmful. And it was through "quote unquote" research done by those corporations where they tried to justify or say, "Oh, there's no concern," right. but that was always bad. Mm-hmm. The, those products were always—they started bad. They've always been bad. They'll always be bad. Yeah, we're, but we're squash using isn't co- co- yeah squash isn't something that has harmed people, right. and there's been a cover up, and they they've they've tried to say that no, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that. You know, you're com- you're comparing one thing that has always been harmful and will always be harmful to right. something that has never really been harmful and trying to equate that to something that we know has been harmful. Yeah.
1: Are are so, Does that make so sense? Did I state a, that okay? And that makes sense. So are you saying squash cannot become toxic?
0: No, that's not what I'm saying no. at all. But I'm saying that in order for it to become so dangerous, the scientists would have to be doing something other than what they're trying to do.
1: Or it's an unintended side effect of right, what they're if, yeah, they are doing. Right, but they but test that before yeah, it goes if, out because they want to maintain As long as they're
0: testing that
1: but again it, you're talking about trusting the corporate testing. I'm I'm talking about all all of is it, there though. independent testing. I'm talking about is there testing outside the corporate because I mean the core you know so so the scientists create this genetically modified squash, which their internal testing finds Oh, well, there's like a 20% risk of, of toxicity. And that seems certain, really high.
0: Well, yeah. no, I mean, I <laughs> just I, as an example, I'm point.
1: just throwing yeah. out a number. Okay. Here. Yeah. There, there's a percentage chance of toxicity amongst a uh, select group of people. And, and their bean counters are, are going to say, well, the, you know, the, um, uh, God, the words are escaping me. The, the cost benefit ratio. Sure. The risk the return on investment the return those. on investment relative to any possible lawsuits we should push the, we should squash this research
4: we should squash the squash <laughs> research <laughs> and
1: and push this thing out because the return on investment is going to be higher than any possible risk of lawsuits mm-hmm. that's i mean that's and that 's not i mean. Let's be fair. This is not conspiracy theory. This is how Ford did that. This is how corporations work.
4: Yeah. Well, so my question
1: is, does anyone outside the corporation test the squash?
4: Well, and I would I would I would just ask the question of have we seen that ever happen ever in the world of consumable food goods? Has there ever been a case where a company has intentionally buried research that says that the food product that millions or billions of people consume is detrimental to their health as a raw product and they've, they've squashed that and it's come to light later that this thing that billions of people are using all the time is terrible for them. Um, maybe
1: I'd have to hear the question again, but I mean, I, I would come back to tobacco.
4: But that's not a food product.
1: Well, it's not a food product. I mean, it's a consumable. I mean, it's something you take in. Well, so, not...
4: is, so is oil and what? shit like that. I mean, it's it's still a consumable. What I, but what I'm saying is that as something that people need to, you don't need tobacco to live, right? You don't need alcohol to no, live. No, but you don't need Some...
1: squash to live either. I mean, I've lived without squash <laughs> pretty much my entire life. <laughs>
4: right, but, uh, but I'm saying we're comparing things that, are bad have always been bad will always be bad to things that haven't been bad. Sure, there's sure. no there's no track record of any of these food products. Whether the the original wild cultivars that we began crossbreeding and hybridizing and producing changes through traditional farming methods, and then moving into uh, GMOs and genetically engineered products, there's been nowhere along that timeline of any of those products being harmful or detrimental to human health. Okay. And so to create something that is harmful or detrimental to human health, you would have to introduce something new into that product. And then in studying it and testing it would have to, try to squash anything that says that it is bad and then you would have to try to market that to people and get them to eat it when later studies would come out to say that you did do something harmful and then that belies and betrays the entire enterprise of you creating that thing in the first place. Yes. Yeah. And so then your entire enterprise is shit. It's down the tubes. Absolutely. And I can't see a company wanting to do that these days. I, yeah, I, I'm,
1: I don't quite have that level of faith in corporations. Sounds
4: like you're
0: trying to beat back decades of mad scientist movies. And, and
1: <laughs> well, no, I, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. I just, but this, all, all but I'm, this
1: is all something I'm that is about independently
4: is, researched and tested. That's all I'm asking about. Country.
1: Independent research, yeah. Yeah.
4: independent of the corporation.
1: Cause I, I'm, I'm not as convinced of of any corporations uh track record for long term gain I mean, they, they i mean they they really are more about short term short term profits what nowadays. about the
0: companies that make your flu shots that you get
1: i They're, mean do you do are you, are you really researched?
0: skeptical and demand independent research that you're not going to have one that has some aids in it i'm pretty sure they do independent research on well, not. but you're, yeah, but, but that, you're that that's good enough. Sure, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's good enough for your flu shot, which is direct. I mean, but it's for this, you're like, ah, I'm not sure about that. You know what I mean? And it's just odd to me that that there's a there's distinction dis- there, a difference just for this. Yeah, yeah. But that that's where I think uh, that that there's kind of an ick factor with GM, and I think it's pervasive.
4: Well, and it's it's one of those things that people fear change. They fear. New things. They, they fear technology a lot of the time. It's something that in their minds hasn't been tested because it's new and different and innovative. And so there hasn't been this long track record, right. but then they ignore all of the science leading to where we are today. I mean, like I said, this has been around since the seventies when they first started testing this and growing these things. It's been adopted and in wide use since the nineties and we've had absolutely no problem at all and we've had as i mentioned more than 2000 independent and company sponsored uh research intensive testing that says yeah it's the consensus is that it's all safe and good yeah yeah okay so this okay. was so we went a bit long sorry uh, no, you're Didn't no. I, spin us off. <laughs> no, you're totally fine. I, like tangent. I said, I, w- I wanted to make sure that, that right I could address. Track, yeah, most of the most of the arguments against. Uh But yeah, if, as I mentioned, if, if any of our listeners have questions, let us know. If you think we got something wrong, let us know. We're gonna move into the Patreon portion of the show. Before we do, I want to make sure that we thank our sponsors for the show, which is all of our Patreon donors. Uh, that would be Michelle Short, Christy Kalbach, Camille Baroski, Newmania, Alan Firth, Gatheist, Larry Wilson, Dr. Dan's Mass doc- <laughs> Dr. Dan's Mass from the bot of the podcast to whom we are loyal subjects or something.
1: He's he's on his second
4: class, guys. It's <laughs> uh Janet Uter, let them eat Kofefi. Steven Andrus. Marius Cottbutcher's Kut, Kut, <laughs> cat, Oh my God. I don't know what the hell is wrong with me. I got, I'm fine. I don't know what the hell. I'm having a stroke. Utah Outcasts, Tim Jacobson, Matt Tuller, Megan Kennedy, Andrew Vodopich, Brandy Hamrick, Jeremy Goodson, Angelica Pearson, Wes Aaron, The Purple Dragon, Mr. Always. Grant Larimer, and Taylor Grinn. Thank you all very thank much you, for your you. continuing support of the show. We really, really do appreciate it. Helps us pay for hosting, and equipment, and all of that good kind of stuff that comes out of our own pockets. So if you value the show, if you think we're adding something to this to the discussion, if you're enjoying what we're doing, you'd like to see us continue doing so, please go out and become a Patreon supporter. You can do so by going to patreon.com slash godlessrevolution. And so until next week, crucify those scientists. (laughs) Leave a
1: review to achieve nirvana. I'm not prepared.
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm usually Neither doing, I. I'm usually doing your role, so. <laughs> and modify the show five times a day toward Mecca.
3: duck <laughs> <laughs>